You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Aloha, my friends. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Ready to talk. Cheers. Good morning. Happy, happy mon- Monday. Wow. Oh, <laughs> happy Saturday. Every day is a blur. <laughs> you just skipped the best part of the week. I that know. would be horrible. That would be terrible. If it was Monday right now. Well, it's another day. Another day. Another day. <laughs> so how are you doing? How was your week? I was sick all week. Yes, you were. So you were. Miami was awesome. Miami was so much fun. We went but, uh, to Liberty Con for those that don't know. Last week, Friday and Saturday, it was a lot of fun. But as always, it was kind of intense. Came home with a cold. Didn't get on the plane, obviously. Probably. It's okay. They should bring back those masks. I want everybody wearing masks on the planes. I don't <laughs> want to be getting colds. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Is he kidding, guys? I'm not sure. I hate the planes, though, like sitting next to people. and like It's so so crammed in there. It is. I mean, you it's have a no plane, personal though. space, and it's the most uncomfortable well, the, thing. We, well, we yeah, really need economy to get to is like that. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> exponentially more, more expensive, right? How much is business class compared to? I mean, it's a little bit more, and then if you keep moving up for the first class, it then it's a lot more. The, like, well, it depends on where you're going, class. I guess. You know, let me show it as an expense. Maybe business Makes travel. Sense. I mean, yeah, it would be really nice, but you know, well, I guess we'll we'll see <laughs> we'll get the there. next trip. <laughs> well, Monero hits a thousand bucks, guys. There you go. Here's the hoping. <laughs> but yeah, Miami was awesome. We hung out with Tony. Yes, we did. Our internet friend. It was a lot of fun. He helped us out during the conference, and then we also hung out throughout the weekend. It was also Doug's birthday on Saturday. So yeah, that was fun. Last Saturday, we partied it up. Partied it up. Uh-huh. Hung out with a few Monero people. Yes. Oh, yeah, people from the Monerotopia conference, mm-hmm. one person. Well, yeah, it was just one person. Yeah, it was one person. <laughs> <laughs> it was a last-minute meetup, so. <laughs> last people minute. Were there, was, there was four of to us. go hang we out with We were a that. group. We were a crew. We were a crew, yeah. and it was a fun crew. It was a more intimate crew. Yeah, we had a good time. Yes, we did, and we sent, you know, Monero to, to some people at the bar, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys, we, we were hooking up people with Monero all over the place, not just Right? Yeah, it was all over the place, yeah. everywhere, yeah. literally. At Muscle Beach, at a bar, at another bar. Yeah, we're not just talking like <laughs> the bartenders at the bar. We're talking like patrons that were next to us at the bar, right? We have them downloading cake, cake wallets. And yeah, sending them some Monero. So what you got to do, guys? This is how it happens. What were some of the better ones? Muscle Beach is pretty cool. Like coconut water. Oh, yeah, the water coconut guy. water Then we did. Oh, we also gave, yeah, tips to the people on the beach, the, the margarita. The oh, drinks. the drink, yeah, drink yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Which we paid in Monero. Which yeah. gets to our other topic, right? Which Monero-topia is? 23. 23. Woo! We're working on it, guys. We're working on it, guys. 
we did yeah. some recon down there. We checked out another venue. We went back to last year's venue as well. And uh, I don't know. That's so in the we, works. We were very much leaning towards Miami once we left because we talked to a lot of people. We even we got a do- and then yeah, the conference. We got a lot of vendors that are interested in a lot of potential. And we got coming. vendors from LibertyCon. So like this, I bought. It's pretty cool. I paid Monero for it. We got like, the, yeah, we got Monero, it. With, right? We paid yeah. in Monero. It's John McAfee. Yeah. Ooh. Be ungovernable. <laughs> Ooh. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's really so nice. And they'll, they'll, they're going to come to Monero. If you do it in Miami, they're going to come to Monerotopia. They'll make custom versions of these. We'll make some cool, like, you know, Monero ones. And then beer. Remember the Liberty beer? We obviously don't have the beer here, but that was pretty good beer. Yeah. They're also interested in being vendor too. Liberty yeah, Beer, who we also yeah. paid with Monero, they'll come and vend and sell their beer for Monero. Coconut Water guy, he'll just be walking Coconut throughout water. throughout the venue just so you can. And you know, the at any moment, Pina Colada guy. Pina Colada guy also be walking throughout just selling and, them on the go. And we paid in Monero on the beach. What other vendors did we line up? There were some other. There were who else? The we had uh, who else was it? Coconut Water guy Coconut. sells other things too, by the way. So. <laughs> but we're gonna have, we'll have plenty of plenty of those options. I thought there's somebody else from Liberty Count. Who else did we get from? Liberty I know. I'm Count? trying to go through it in my head. I mean, we just met so many people. Well, those are really the only two vendors at Liberty Count that were actually selling things. Most of the other yeah, tables we're just like were yeah, like we had uh, people working on like foundations, Liberty projects. yeah, Liberty projects, and yeah, a people lot of those for Liberty. People. They're gonna they said they're gonna be joining yeah. us too, which we um kind of joined them during the Freedom Fest 22. So yeah, a lot of oh Lola, we met Lola. They're gonna come and ladies have, of yeah, liberty. ladies of liberty. Yeah, I mean there are a few other like tables per se that we're gonna join us. So that should be fun. So we're gonna have a lot more vendors and a lot more tables. Yeah, definitely talking about like their projects. So yeah, so we're trying to decide. Well, two things. One, if we do it in Miami, are we doing it at the Monero, uh, the Miami Women's Club again? Or are we doing it at this new venue, which is just as close to the Bitcoin conference center? It's larger. It's like a little awkward and like, right? It's, like, an it's interesting unique. Life. Like Miami's Bones Club's got a cool, like, grassroots vibe. This is more like, it feels like venue, you're at venue, a wedding yeah. venue, but it's, it's cool. It is cool. cool. It has uh, lots of different little rooms. And it's big. It's so huge. That one, we really, we don't want it to be like too big, right? And then we don't. Oh, Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, yeah. We talked to <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan, apparently. And we got him to accept Monero we on did. the spot. Yeah. And he said he would come perform. At, or try to like, figure out if, if they could could potentially perform. book him. So that's But we're trying to figure out who this guy really is, right? I think he's connected to Anybody them, that so has really good Wu-Tang Clan knowledge, uh, please, please reach out because we want to, like, Yeah, reach out or jump you. up today. We're trying to understand Wu-Tang better. I, I just remember they had some good songs back in the day, but yeah, apparently and there was a, the group is very large, so to say you're a part of Wu-Tang, but like, right? Has to be, yeah, I don't know how large it goes, but we know the so, main people, but... He looked, he looked legit. He looked like a, yeah. an artist. So, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so, we're at Wu-Tang Clan, ain't nothing but F with. This is true. So, I mean, it would be pretty cool if we can actually get them to perform. He seemed pretty open. He was super He's connected dude. somehow. We had, so... really, we had a good talk about Monero. I think we even caught it on video, right? We'll post yeah, some yeah. of it up. We'll post yeah. some of it up. We're going to do like a mashup of uh, 
all our, our videos and conversations we had throughout the weekend. Right now we have two interviews, Dr. Wolf Van Leer, which is up now. And then we also interviewed Lynn Albrecht, mother of Ross Albrecht. So stay tuned for those interviews. People on Twitter, there was a conversation going on. People were like, we're talking about whether or not Monero should, you know, we're marketing it correctly. Like we should be going to these Liberty conferences and focusing our efforts there. Obviously, I think it makes complete sense. Like what's your opinion given that we've been doing this right like i think yeah it's it's a good thing that we do go out there because yeah everybody people don't know about it and some people do but just don't know much about it and then when they hear they can you know get ten dollars worth of monero courtesy of cake wallet and monero.com wallet we did that people like they're like oh cool so yeah you get a mix of people Yeah, we got like what like 30 people to download yeah and really that's just a matter of like there's just a bottleneck because each person it's like at least a 10 minute conversation oh my god yeah it's not like it's not like we asked a thousand and only 30 it's like we asked (laughs) you know 35 and we got 30 the turn the yeah the rate is pretty good the conversion rate because you're at a liberty conference so it's like they they most of them already know about crypto a lot of them are gold bugs. Some of them, like, you know, we've said this before, some of them are gold bugs to the point where they want nothing to do with crypto. And obviously you have like some that are BTC maxi, but even a BTC maxi isn't really saying no to Monero. Like, they'll be like, yeah, sure. Or unless it's like, oh, it's only $10. That'll waste my, you know, like maybe that, but pretty much everybody's pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's a good group. You know, they're, they're, their philosophies uh, that, you know, the philosophies that that crew has. Although we've come across some people where I'm like trying to understand why they're at a Liberty conference, right? Yeah, they were, uh, yeah. Like, I'm I'm like, do I just not understand Liberty? (laughs) Like, Oh, yeah, that table with Tony. (laughs) What was the name of that group? I don't remember. It was like economic something. Yeah, some economic Liberty group. And like they had a card. And one day, one of the things they stood for was sound money. And we get into this whole conversation. We didn't even bring up Monero. Like we let them just do their pitch. And then they like, they kind of, you know, picked up on the fact that that we had something to to sell. Yeah, it was a back and forth conversation for like 20 minutes. And then. And once we started talking about Monero, they got so defensive. Right, yeah, that was an odd one, and they were big BTC Max. I guess that's the explanation. Yeah, but and they were they were opposed to the trend to the uh, anonymous nature of Monero, to the fact that it was digital cash. This one, this one woman I was speaking to, right? Yeah, and I was just blown away. I'm like, I was trying to understand what her philosophy was. Like, I, I didn't really understand what her logic was. And I even asked her if she wanted to come on a Monero talk or do a Monerotopia. Cause you know, would love to, would love to explore that, right? Like the, the philosophy, the ethics of it. I obviously personally believe it's the ethical thing to do to head in this direction to where, you know, the, the world can transact freely without censorship. But I would love to better understand the opposing side. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Am I, am I leading us to dystopia? Is, is it a bad thing if we're all using Monero in the future? <laughs> all signs point, point to, you know, positive for me. Open and free society. Doesn't. preserving our liberty in the digital age. And this woman just wasn't having it. She saw it in a completely different way. So I, I love coming across those, those types, but and then the conversation but they don't almost ends. don't like, they don't want to engage. I want to talk <laughs> no, about it. They don't it was, want to talk about well, it. But, like I want yeah, to understand. You're passionate on your side. They're passionate on their side. And it's just kind of like, yeah, 
you both aren't seeing each other's side because. Did we get her contact? We no, need to we get her oh as a speaker at Monerotopia. That day. <laughs> I want her to be the MC of Monerotopia. <laughs> the MC of Monerotopia. Oh, God. <laughs> Just keep bashing it. Uh, legend has it that Amash is still talking to the students. <laughs> that was funny. So, yeah, guys. So, we got big decisions to make. Yeah. The, the other pos- positives at being keeping it at the same venue is we'll get the rooms right across the street. Yeah. The trade that, wind those hotel. Were, and hopefully we get like a decent deal. Yeah, we'll get for a, the, a decent deal around. considering it's Miami and during Bitcoin, I think because it's early enough and we know them now. It's the same people that own the venue. Um, so that would be a, a bonus. And then, you know, yeah, we, if have we like all 25 rooms. Right and then everyone the kind of hangs out so throughout hang, the weekend, right. which would be cool. And it's like there. right across. Yeah. Really cool. It was, it was a nice place. And the rooms are like apartment style. So yeah. So people can, you could stay two people, you know, two, two three, three people, people, depending how, you know, nice and cozy you guys want to be. <laughs> but that's, well, it's like one bedroom and then like a living room with a pull out couch. So yeah. Which is, not, and it's large. I mean, where we stayed was pretty large. I think yeah. a few people did stay in there and they nice had pool. a nice experience. Yeah. Essentially and again, located. it's right across the conference, across the street from the conference. Yeah. So, so we could literally, we'd just be chilling. Like the conference would never end. Like people no. would slowly make their way back to the cross. So instead of the one intense day, which everyone loves so much, we're going to have a few. Well, the conference itself is going to be. And we could blow it up. We can make it big this year, guys. Oh, there's another guy I spoke to. I spoke to a a taxi drive, a guy driving like a little. Oh, the little carts. Yeah. There you go. Mini taxi, open air taxi. Uh, kind of like a a moped, right? Yeah, it was a moped. moped, But it holds like four people in the back. And he said we could hire him the day of the conference. And I would make, it would be a Monero cab. So I would have him like driving around it's Miami. Crew carts. <laughs> yeah, driving around Miami. We'd pay him per hour and it would just be like a free ride that takes you to Monero Topia. We could have it like swinging by the Monero, just doing loops around <laughs> the Bitcoin conference. Oh, People can jump in and they could come over. Oh, we also uh, met the, the photographer, but yeah, obviously people don't like their pictures being taken. But oh, the photographer. The one we tipped at one o'clock in the morning. That's, yeah, it was like one <laughs> in the morning. She came over, she took a picture of us. And it was kind of like a scam thing. We're like, no, we don't need a picture. She had her nice, her nice camera. Like, no, thank you. She's like, no, it's free. Like, oh, all right. really? And then she walks around, we're like, all right, what's the scam? She's going to come back with the free version and the version she wants us to pay. And sure enough, that's what she did. And, like, the free version was, like, a pretty shitty picture, right? I, mean, I feel like she, she edited it to make it look <laughs> even worse than, it, like, it was. Like, we were pale <laughs> as ghosts. She's like, I have this one. It's free. Or, and then she had these other pictures that were, they look very nice. But still, they weren't. We didn't want them. Yeah, we didn't want more them. so because of our pose, not because. Yeah, the it was picture. just that we looked awkward. And we looked yeah, awkward. it was one o'clock in the morning. So yeah. we said no, but then we felt really bad because I mean, this this girl is putting in a lot of effort for this, right? That's a lot of effort. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. Let's talk. And like, even if she makes the sale, she's making twenty bucks was like one of the things. So she's like effectively working for. $20 every three hours. Like, yeah. who knows? Cause how many people are saying yes? I don't know. Unless it's a really good scam, but <laughs> although I guess we ended, we ultimately fell for the scam. So it is pretty good. Well, yeah. Cause we I felt bad. Fine. I think that is the scam <laughs> that you feel bad. So that, so then we called her over and, uh, we're like, listen, we don't, we don't want the, the photos. We're like, but can we give you a tip? She's like, Oh, sure. 
I was like, all right. I was like, do you know what Monero is? <laughs> so we, we, you know, we got her to download the Monero wallet and we sent her like 20 bucks in, in Monero as a, as a tip or not 20. Cause that would have been the picture where you were like 10 bucks or something. So that was cool too. And like she would down, she would be down to be, to come to Monero. She would get nobody to agree to take her. It would be funny. It to would just be have funny. Her well, we can have like a photo booth or Everybody something no with like this guy, you know, we can figure it out. So she's able to get something, yeah. but um, I'm sure we'll figure it out. And yeah, and then we paid for the banner in Monero again, our Monero printing guy. Oh yeah. So that was pretty. Do you have that? Did you show that? People love that. The Klaus Schwab. Yeah, the Klaus Schwab. But I mean, I gotta look for the picture, but. So that, that's what's going on, guys, in terms of Miami, looking like Miami, looking like the Miami Convention Center, I mean, Miami <laughs> Women's Club. <laughs> We're not there yet. And uh, the other thing that came out of left field was Mexico, right? So we were always talking about Mexico as also an interesting location. We were considering it doing it, doing it there, but then momentum moved towards Miami, but Apparently, there was a Twitter spaces that happened the other night. We weren't a part of it. We were kind of a little too tired. We just didn't want to participate. But there was conversation there about Mexico, Mexico being a good location and doing it alongside or before Anarchapoco, which is in February. So it would also be a different time. If we do it in Miami, that's going to be in May. May 18th, around that time during Bitcoin. If you did it in Mexico, it would be like first weekend of February. And after that is Anarcopoco, which is a week. Anarcopoco is an Acapoco. If we did it in Mexico, we'd probably try to do it in like Mexico City or Guadalajara. But the idea is people could come there and then maybe they move on to Anarcopoco. So we could get some of the Anarcopoco crowd. We could get them to put the word out to their people that, you know, Monerotopia is happening. So there's that. We, we haven't completely discounted it. Where Sunita's right, Sunita. Oh, like just time. It, I mean, it time. just felt good that we had a game plan yeah. when we left Miami. Yeah, it's like we were fine. We, we spoke to so many people. Forth, back and forth about for to put the down time. payment for the venue. And, and then, then boom, like, another. But idea. I don't want to discount it. I don't want to discount it. So we're going to talk to, we're trying to talk to the crypto vigilante, Rafael. They were at the conference last year. They ran the, you know, the, the live, the live version or whatever the, what are we, what are we calling it? The, the, the live feed, but the, uh, the virtual conference. Yeah, the, the virtual, 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 I guess it was a virtual conference and Raphael ran it. So we'd have them back to do that. And so we're going to reach out to him because obviously he's, he's big in an Arcapoco and we'll figure out, you know, right? what the plan is. Yeah. Basically. If they're, if, if Mexico actually makes sense. So we haven't discounted it, but that brings me to, we want to hear from everybody else. Idea. Yep. Right. So we're going to, we're going to do a poll. We're not saying that we're going to necessarily, you know, we're going to use this poll as uh, a, one of the things we use to ultimately determine if where we do it. It's not like uh, whichever, you know, if the poll all swings one way, then obviously that would weigh heavily in our decision, but ultimately we're not, you know, we're, we are going to be the final. Decision, De- decision yeah, makers, decision but makers. we will take the poll into cons- into high consideration. High consideration. Yeah. Um, help us decide. So we're gonna we're gonna do it in a, uh, a fun way. So we're gonna post two different Monero addresses, sub addresses. Uh, one will represent the Miami option. One will represent the Mexico option, and you have to send point 
Zero, one Monero. It's like a dollar and 40 cents. And we'll see which one gets the most. Obviously, this is a good way to eliminate spam because you're probably not going to want to spend a hundred dollars spamming to, <laughs> to make your, your, your option come true. You know, you got to have some skin in the game, dollar 40 and you, you can participate in this poll. If you really care about words, it's going to be. And it's also, we know that like, we can't be spammed by people who aren't like even Monero users. Cause obviously you, you have to be a Monero user. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to send the dollar 40. So you want to do that right? Yeah, I'll do that right them? now. Yeah, yeah. So here's the Miami address. See, we we'll got. do them separately so people can kind of copy and paste. I'll also put them in um, the description just so people. Can copy it from there. There you go. Now this is the Mexico. So send point oh one Monero to your top choice. To your top choice. So there you go. And I guess we'll see in Miami in May or Mexico in February. Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la. Let's see what the people are leaning towards. And we can make a final decision. Yeah, on where uh, we're going to do this. This is cool because I'll be able to see votes as they as they come in. As they the show. come Look in. At that. live. <laughs> I thought this is fun. Just, just you know, another little crazy idea. Just, another little crazy idea. <laughs> guys. People use it, Monero, and we'll uh, we'll we'll donate the Monero to something, right? This isn't this isn't a you know another scam like when we yeah <laughs> wanted to waste our valuable time and effort to throw a protest to New York and some idiot called it a scam. So yeah, no, we're not trying to steal $50 from you guys. Just having fun. <laughs> what do you, what do we want to do? Donate it to, uh, the CCS or we'll, like, what's, the, what should we do with the, uh, the winnings? We can, uh, the winnings, the winnings, <laughs> the, winnings. <laughs> the poll, poll funds, the poll funds. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's going to be like, well, hope, maybe oh, they like can't, a, a copy paste in YouTube app. Oh, oh man, that's annoying. I, figure, I don't know. Maybe in the Telegram. Group? Yeah, drop it in the Telegram. We're yeah. gonna drop it in the Telegram. There you go. Let me do that then. Whatever, we'll use it. We'll donate it for something. We'll, let, <laughs> we'll let you guys know what we decide to do with yeah. that. But it'll be it'll be good. It'll be towards positive for Monero, obviously. What else we got? Yeah. What else we got? Yeah, vote on that. Let's do it. Posting in the Telegram group. Another thing I bought with Monero, this was in New York actually, candle, handmade candle. We went to a little like open market in the, in Brooklyn last or two weeks ago. And we started asking people if they would accept Monero. I told them that I want to bring a group of people down there. So thought is we're going to do holiday. Monero party where we could go out and spend Monero. So I'm trying to get a bunch of these vendors to accept. So yeah, I got this one. I mean, it's pretty much everyone I got to get to accept. I have to buy something off of them, which is kind of funny. Uh, these are, these are chocolates. I won't go into detail on all, <laughs> all the ingredients on the What are these chocolates? chocolates but that was another vendor there. Uh, this is, this is in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. So I'm going to go probably go there again today, try to talk to more vendors. And then we're going to do a, a little meetup here in New York where people can come out and spend their Monero. So I'll try to get like 10 vendors accepting, right? Yeah. Also. Another, another little side project. Monerotopia. What's oh. going on over there? No, I'm just letting everyone know because that I posted them. Okay. I posted, you put it in the Telegram? Yeah, Telegram group. Word. 
All right, guys. Yes. Uh, cast your votes. Cast your votes, people. And Doug Send will be your transactions. Live. Let's see what people are leaning towards. And with that, I guess let's, uh, anything else you want to say? We no, let's move on. on. To the price segment to our last <laughs> price report by Mr. A. Fungible. We'll miss him. Thank you so much for, you know, being with us for so long. But, but he, he's live today, right? He's live today. Right, yeah, good, he'll good. be here today. You know, We're so going to miss you. We can all cry live. But with that, I guess let's move on. <laughs> the Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Hi, guys. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we Good can Good morning, a All right. And, yeah, wish you a belated happy birthday, Doug. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's been a year for me presenting and just thought to pop in live on this final. Yeah, you've been, you've been, you've been doing last, a great job. Last, not the least. We're definitely going to miss you. I think you're going to be back. You'll be back during the next bull run. You're going to want to come on, talk about it. <laughs> we never know. You know, sometimes priorities take over, and uh, I'll be busy for the next few months. We'll, we will see. It's a lot of effort. You know, you're not you're you're putting in a lot of effort here, so understandable that you don't have the time. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, well, this one I made it a little, you know, special. I tried to put in content in such a way that there is some takeaway value at the end of it. So just let it be a surprise what I'm going to present. But, well, before I, I want to present something about the gold standard and how the U.S. dollar has come all this way to where we are today. But before that, back in 18th, 18th century, 19th century, or maybe it's like beginning of 20th century, we had around, you know, 195 countries using around 180 currencies or that's how it is today. And what happened now, just going back to the, so this is like how the currency map looks like. And this is something I, I made and I think it'll be useful. I just want to walk down, walk through each of these blocks, what really happened. So I want to start with the year 1873 where, you know, a lot of export and imports were happening between different nations all around the globe, US, Britain and you know how the whole environment was that time. There was no standard for trade and commerce that time. And it was during this time that just to bring the trade and commerce together because there were so many different currencies being used and gold was, you know, a sought after asset. So, uh, you know, nations generally decided that, okay, you know, let us peg one US dollar to 1.504 grams of gold or 1,000 US dollars at 1.5 kg. And what that would mean is all the countries would only be able to print as much fiat money as there is gold reserve for that particular country. So gold was sort of evenly distributed around the globe. Nobody really had the majority of that. Now, look at what happened after that. So this is what happened with the story of fiat. So we were in the first world war, entering the first world war, 1913 to 17. And during that phase... Britain and a lot of other European countries and a lot of other major countries, economies went into this World War One. And whereas U.S. stayed on the sidelines and it was during that time that U.K.'s deficit, which was six hundred million dollars at the start of World War One, increased to eight billion dollars. And this is where the whole story starts. 
So just tune into this. This is interesting. So at the same time, U.S. exports tripled to from $2.4 billion to something like $6 billion. And that is where they started, you know, as U.S. dollar was pretty much similar to gold in a way. So they started getting a lot of gold backing. So they, their reserves started increasing. And you fast forward this to the World War II, which was around this time. U.K. again was a, played a great role in World War II. And their deficit increased from $600 million before the start of World War One to $21 billion at the end of World War II, which is, which was three times the amount of GDP for that country. And, you know, at the same time, this is pretty interesting. And this is something I did not know before that there was a, a lend lease agreement that U.S. started with all the other countries where they said, Hey, we are not involved in this world war until the Pearl Harbor incident happened somewhere in, I think, 1941 or something, or 44, was it? Where they started this Lend-Lease Agreement, where they said, listen, we're going to give you all the aircrafts, all the foodstuffs, all the tanks, vehicles, everything we're going to export to the world outside. And in return, we want gold, because that is what, or we want US dollars, or we want gold. So you can give us either one of them. And of course, people or the, you know, other countries did not have U.S. dollar reserves that time, right? So what did they do? They started, in exchange of this, they started giving U.S. gold. And that is where U.S. got three by fourth of the world's gold reserves. So that was about 70% of the world's gold reserves was with the U.S. in 1944. And so they had given a $50 billion of loan to 30 different countries. So we fast forward this to 1944. Just before that, we had this Great Depression in 1929. And, you know, that is when U.S. said that citizens are not allowed to hold gold because they understood the value of gold. So that is where, again, they said you can, you know, we'll give you these fiat notes that we have printed in return of gold. So they had a lot of backing of gold. And that is where the economy also ushered during that period. So you fast forward to 1944. What happens? Uh, there was a, a union of 44 different member states because a lot of countries in the world were indebted to the United States. So that is where we have something called the Bretton Woods Agreement for International Trade, where they said that, okay, U.S. dollar becomes like the global currency, world currency, and everybody agrees that, you know, one U.S. dollar is this much amount of gold, and all the other currencies can be pegged to the U.S. dollar. So that's why we have Euro, USD, GBP, USD, right? And also the question to ask is what was the benefit that U.S., got out of this. The benefit is that U.S. dollar becomes more popular. Everything is dealt with in U.S. dollars and they will also start getting a lot of gold. And that was also the initiation of the IMF, International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. And, you know, it was all based out of the U.S. backed loans and the IMF that we know of today is like giving loans to these developing countries and whatnot is all U.S. backed, all U.S. backed by U.S. dollars. And Going forward, you know, this is also an interesting thing. I think it was around 1944 that this happened that, well, Middle East was pretty much dry. They did not have too much. They did not even know that they had, you know, so much of oil. And that is the time when U.S., United States and United Kingdom were the only two countries which had the technology for extracting oil from the ground. And so they went to Saudi Arabia. I think the, the that time it was uh, Richard Nixon as the president. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so he had an agreement with the Saudi king, Abdulaziz, I guess, uh, where they just, you know, 
gave the technology to Saudi Arabia for extracting the oil. But at the same time, Italy started bombing the Saudi fields that time. So in return for protection of their fields, they said to the United States that please help us protect our fields and return. The agreement was that all the oil, all the oil that goes out from Middle East, from Saudi Arabia, can only be exchanged in U.S. dollars. So that was another strengthening of U.S. dollars. So that's what made U.S. dollars like really popular. And then we have something called the OPEC, which we have heard of. It's the Organization for Petroleum Exporting Countries, where it was also decided that all the other countries in the world which exports oil will be dealt with in U.S. dollars. And this oh, is where... Was in 1906? Yeah, so then before that, that was like Johnson was president, right? I, I believe so. This, this is amazing, um, by the way, man. Keep going. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kind of gives you the whole picture, and I'm going to come back to why it kind of gets into cryptocurrency and how that is like yeah, the new yeah, age yeah. thing. So uh, initially, the U.S. had 25,000 tons of gold back like at the end of Second World War. And what happened, why we went off the gold standard in 1971, this is very interesting. So just listen up. So there, so a lot of countries had, you know, uh, the reason also, you know, why a lot of other countries, you know, uh, agreed to the U.S. dollars because once their exports of other countries like United Kingdom or other countries, because all the gold was with the U.S., if they can get enough U.S. dollars in exchange of gold, then those economies can, you know, start ushering all the other countries. And that is exactly what happened. All the other countries started exchanging their U.S. dollars with this pot of gold. So their 70% gold reserve started reducing from 25 thousand tons to 10,000 tons. And that is what really got us worried. And this is the time I think it was, uh, who was the president? 97 Richard Nixon, was it? Or, yeah, he's um, the one that took us off the, the gold stand. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 1944. It was uh, Roosevelt, I think. Yeah. So anyways, Nixon got off, got us off the gold standard and he said, Hey, overnight speech. Sorry. No more us dollar with gold. So there is no backing of the US dollar and we got off. And this is the pain point that happened because that is where they started this U.S. treasury bonds where, you know, they can just get money from the investors and they promised to give us like, you know, 4% or 5% and, you know, all the things that we hear today, increase in interest rate and volatility, they can spend as much as they want. This is the pain point. And today, as we stand today, 2022, foreign countries hold about $7.4 trillion in U.S. securities. And the problem we have with this is what's happening recently in Russia. They can freeze the assets. So they can just say, hey, we have a war with Russia. Listen, we're going to freeze $3 trillion of Russia in U.S. securities, and that's going to be a pain point for Russia. And this is where we come to this, you know, the Bitcoin standard as we speak today. I think, you know, it's going to take time. We are still quite early in this, like 12, 13 years into this. Outside of this, I just want to say that Bitcoin has a couple of, you know, one, one not so good feature on the right and one good feature on the left. Although, yes, privacy concern is a big thing for Bitcoin. As we know today, I think this was not really talked about like three, four years back when Bitcoin was still there. But this concern is going to grow and grow in the future, as I see. However, there is a fine balance where Bitcoin fits into our society because although there is censorship resistance, government is also going to like its existence. And at the same time, it kind of gives us the property rights, you know, like not your keys, not your coin. So you have your keys. You can still, you know, hold this or migrate to some other country, which has lenient laws. 
However, in in case of Moniro, and I, I saw this, I just made this kind of equation or graph, where theoretically or even practically, Moniro or privacy currencies gives us a lot of property rights. However, it has zero government censorship, technically speaking, from what we know in mathematics, it cannot be broken. And government is going to do everything in its power to kind of suppress this because what's happening with this cryptocurrency, crypto economy is money is flowing out of this this gold and all the standards. And if you fast forward, let's say 10 years from now, when digital economy is going to really grow, and that is the reason where they are bringing in regulation, they can see that, hey, all the money is going to flow into this crypto economy, which is already 1 trillion, can grow to, I don't know, 5 trillion, 10 trillion in the future. So, yeah, so this is what I wanted to say. And having said that, I want to move to the second part, if I still have some time. But you're saying Bitcoin has more of a balance between property, right? You're saying because they, they have the ability to effectively censor when needed. No, I'm, I'm just saying that in the overall scheme of things and in, in the society that we live in, governments mm-hmm. are not going to go anywhere in the foreseeable future. So out of all the currencies out there, they would like to have a currency which is uh, which is traceable in a way, right? right, right with right. all the no, yeah, yeah. so, totally so it fits. It fits quite perfectly in the digital economy. Although it's not good, it's. I mean, I don't like that, or people don't like that, but it fits. That's the, you know, it it kind of captures the sweet spot. Whereas for Monero, it's pretty basically hardcore. It's libertarianism. It says that listen, we want no censorship, zero censorship, and this is what we want. Well, it will still be around, but it will be, you know, as time progresses, it all depends how this is seen in the society. So um, yeah, this is like a like a mixed question or a mixed answer. But this is what I see as of today, you know. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I like that. I like that. And if I have some more time, I just want to present the the charts. Well, so as we, I just I just said, said about the you know U.S. of the gold standard, the second part. So we got off the gold standard in '71, where the U.S. national debt was worth around 400, 500 billion dollars. So once we went off, uh, we in the 1970s, you know, we started having a period of inflation in the U.S. and also other countries because of that. Uh, also, one more interesting thing is once U.S. went off gold standard, all the other countries also went off gold standard. In fact, U.K. went off gold standard in something like 1931, where, where you know they had to fund the war. But U.S. kind of stuck to its guns and said that, hey, we're not going to go out until 19 when they really had to go out. So it hits one trillion dollars. You would see the inflation in 1980s was 15 percent, and Today it is around eight or nine percent and we are actually worrying about inflation. I think the problem is really, really not inflation. It's the US debt. You would see that it has grown from one trillion dollars to 31 trillion dollars. And that kind of affects the whole global economy. And just to bring down this inflation so that this US debt doesn't go up faster, because if you were to see, if I were to just draw a logarithmic chart, you would see that it's just crazy. It's just going like more of a straight line now. And I think it's going to reach $50 trillion in another four years or so. And just having said that, what they're trying to do is increasing the interest rates with money supply and all that drama. And I think it's going on and on until the point where this whole thing just blows up. I think once it goes to something like $100 trillion in the next, within this decade, and that is where, you know, things will really start to start to blow up, I think. And also, interestingly enough, I was just checking how much tax the uh, U.S. gets. Uh, I thought it was like less than a trillion, but actually it's like three trillion is what they're getting. And that's also the reason for all these 
strict regulations that they're getting, they want to get this money. And once it goes into crypto economy, it'll be hard to kind of get this kind of money back. This is also what I said <laughs> was the most precious thing U.S. exports is inflation. And uh, a couple of more things, uh, the XMR chart that I want to just talk about. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know, it's, it's following exactly what Bitcoin is doing at the moment. This is the regression lines and uh, nothing too much to talk about this. I also check the RSI. It's, it's getting relatively stable. I think we have stayed in this $140 zone for a very long time. I think it's, it's unlike it's, unbecoming of XMR, you know, it doesn't do that, such things. It either, you know, has a lot of volatility or it stays quiet. But this kind of staying quiet zone has been much longer than in the past. But, well, probably it's just the nature of bull, uh, bull bear cycles, like the bear cycles where the RSI is actually quite low, like the one we have. So uh, I do see a good support forming around $140, although I cannot say we won't go down. Because I, I would see the strong support. Let's say Bitcoin crashes. Let's say, uh, let's assume like $12,000 and XMR stays its ground or $120 or $140. That'll be like the bottom for XMR, but it's following exactly what Bitcoin is doing. And uh, talking about Bitcoin, uh, I think the, the, the golden question is, are we going to go up or are we going to go down? I think, I think I explained last time the RSI is, is super, super low at the moment we don't have not seen such an rsi in history of bitcoin like this low for such a long time so based on the you know global geopolitical events and whatever is going to happen whether nuclear war or not i don't know this is going to affect the stock markets as well as it's going to affect the crypto economy so we are on the edge right now but from the technical as well as the on-chain charts i see that we might have a pump towards 25k even 30k in the in the coming in the beginning of the next year but i think i'm going to just stay on the sidelines for until the end of this year for you know the us interest rate hikes to take place and fed starting back to pivot and that is all i have for this one awesome. all right man wow that was uh that was an intense <laughs> report yeah that was that was intense all your presentations have been amazing we need we need to uh compile them all so people can can go back and watch well thank you so much i appreciate that Thank you. So what are you doing, man? What are you moving on to? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will still stick on to Monero. I think uh, I'm also going to get into the development of uh, XMR because I'm also a programmer by passion as well as my. So I will be contributing to that as well in my free time, although I have a day job as well. So also, yeah, some other priorities in my life. I just have to, uh, you know, attend to that for the moment. But I've really enjoyed doing this. And hope I will be back someday, maybe as a guest or something else. Yeah, yeah you're, definitely. You're always welcome. You're always, right? welcome. You're always welcome. Where, where would you rather Monerotopia be, Mexico or Miami? Yeah, what's your vote? Sorry, Mexico or which which country? Um, or Miami. Mexico well, in February or Miami <laughs> in May? Well, to be honest, I've never been to both these places. <laughs> okay. So I'm pretty much open. I mean, where you have a little more, uh, I don't know, whichever place is beautiful, I would say. Miami is beautiful, I know. Yeah, Miami's awesome. Miami's awesome. Yeah, Miami's awesome. Yeah, yeah Miami's Mexico, really nice. Mexico's Mexico's great like, too. I mean, they're both so, awesome. well, so what is your say? Where, where are you planning? Because I heard some talk before we're this. Le- we're leaning towards Miami. Just because um, of this past yeah. trip. For, for practical got, reasons. Yeah. Like we have, there's a lot of reasons why it, we, lot, we think it could be, you know, a, a great conference down there. Yeah, there. There was a talk that it's going, it might happen in Czech or did I hear that wrong? 
I think you might be talking about maybe Monero. Con oh, maybe Monero Khan. Yeah, Monero Khan. Oh, that was Monero Khan. All right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we never mentioned. I mean, we didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Before. No. So I, I will see. Um, maybe I'm there or maybe I'm not. <laughs> Ooh. We would never know. We would never know. Oh, uh, look, we got some votes coming in. Some, some, one person on gave, uh, two Let's votes. The they sent point oh two. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could, you know, you could, you could pay to play. What do you have right now so far? <laughs> Let's write this down. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to see, right? Oh, no, you, it, no, I know, but then I got to look at each one. Yeah. Separately. Okay. You're acting like there's somebody. <laughs> we have 83. Was that Mexico? Yeah. It says it on there. I think you have it written as a, okay. Anyways, we can move on. Okay. We'll we'll look at okay, it. Okay, you had you had this word thing, right? All right, I will I will uh, sit offline and uh, see you around. And All right, yeah, yeah, man, that was, that was great. Wait, we'll wait, one question so though, one question. So, yeah, absolutely. Where do you see Ethereum fitting in in terms of if you look at it in terms of this balance that you were showing? Well, I you know I think this this kind of because docs, that just the point I want to make does that essentially fit into the government's ideal version of a crypto even more so than something like a Bitcoin because they ultimately yeah they have more of ability to control it. It's just it's just yeah. a thought, right? Like it's yeah, like I, I think Bitcoin so. has, you know, really moved towards being number go up coin and pivoting in ways that kind of disregard censorship and more so are about being friendly to, to governments and being friendly towards investors and all of that moves us into something that really uh, makes Bitcoin, you know, defanged, right? And Ethereum seems to also be going in, in, in that, in that way, but maybe even more so than Bitcoin. Like maybe it's becoming more number go up than Bitcoin in terms of the design decisions and moving the proof of stake, becoming easier for, for governments to, to censor and work with. And then does that then, you know, replace Bitcoin? Like why, why Bitcoin then? And then Monero continues to be what it is, which is actually just this, you know, true digital cash utility. I don't know. Your thoughts. Yeah. I think, I think this whole digital economy is really, really fast moving space. So we can't really, you know, make predictions of what might happen, uh, two years down the line. But I do agree with you that Ethereum is proof of stake now. And also, you know, it's fee burning mechanism that we have will kind of uh, bring down its inflation or cut down its supply, make it deflationary in the future for Ethereum. And I think institutions are going to jump into Ethereum because its regulations are going to be, relatively speaking, way more easier in a lot of other countries, even US and other countries. So, well, I do think that it's going to move in tandem with Bitcoin, at least as of now. So, yeah, that that is my thought. If I don't know if that answers my your question. Okay. Yeah, I just want to it's, see, like, in terms of that that balance that you were showing, like, is is Ethereum potentially an even better fit for governments? Yeah, in my opinion, both are pretty much the same because both are traceable. But you never know. I think, yeah, Ethereum could be slightly better fit because they have better control, just like you said. But I think I would put them both on the equal footing for now, at least, unless Bitcoin gets into some, you know, brings in some privacy, you know, technology and integrates into Bitcoin, where then Ethereum becomes, you know, more on equal footing than Bitcoin. <laughs> but I doubt. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. 
A fungible man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Greatly appreciate your your time and all the effort you put into this show. Greatly appreciate. All right, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Thank you. All right. You know what? Any any of the and that's that's where we're gonna we're gonna send them uh, the 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 donations that are made to us for this poll will be sent to a fungible. Any amount we get, that will be an additional tip to a fungible for all his his efforts throughout the year. Greatly appreciate. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. All right, I'll stick offline. All right. If nobody had any questions, all right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 And we we should say we have we have somebody else that's going to be taking a fungibles place next week, right? We have somebody lined up. Yes, we do. All right. Are we announcing? Not yet. Or do you want to announce it? I don't know. I mean, I guess. No. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's uh, let's keep it in suspense. Let's not disrespect a fungible. He literally just left. Oh, actually. (laughs) Hold on a second. We might have some uh, a special special guest okay. who's going to be taking over next week. Do you want to jump on and quickly say hello? Oh yeah. Hello. Hey guys. Hi. Baldy, what's up, man? Want to make a special announcement? I'm just chilling. Yeah, I really uh, I feel honored that you guys would um, ask me to uh, take over the price report for Refundable. There you go. Uh, he's been doing he's been doing great though. I hope I can continue continue to do as good as he's been doing. All right. Yeah. yeah thank you. Very looking much forward looking forward to, to, it. to it. So there you go, guys. Body. He came on. Body. What do, you, what do you think, man? Miami or Mexico? Well, I live in Central Mexico, so I would. Uh, I'd love to see it happen <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> I actually voted a second ago. All right. <laughs> this is gonna be tough. Were you, the, were you the guy that sent the two votes? The point oh two. Is that your <laughs> if I had, I wouldn't admit to it. But no, it yeah. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right, man. We we would love to. To stay in chat, but we gotta, yeah, we, we have gotta get to guest, uh, the special guest. But please stay cool, on. Cool, sounds good. The, the viewers on stage segment, if you have time. All right, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll be here. All right, cool, thanks. All righty, let's uh, move on to the guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hello, hello, Robbie. Robbie, Good. what's going on, man? Uh, not much, not much. I was really surprised that you asked me to come on, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, like when you sent me the DM, I like woke up my fiance. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. <laughs> it's like one in the morning as well, and she wasn't too happy. I'll be honest with you. She's like, why'd you wake me up? Yeah, man. I've, you know, obviously I've, we've been like friends on Twitter for a while, right? And I saw that you were starting a podcast. So anybody that's starting a new venture out there, Monero related, by all means, you know, use our platform to help grow yours. So we want to yeah. help the word out. Yeah, no, I thought that was awesome. Like I, I started the podcast because someone that I knew personally or semi personally messaged me and was like, oh, you should start a podcast. So I was just giving them like just general privacy advice. Like, oh, by the way, a VPN isn't actually that private. Use this. And like, uh, oh, by the way, if you're using Bitcoin, you should probably stop. Not, not that he was doing anything that he shouldn't have been, but you know, everyone has the right to privacy. Um, so yeah. And he's like, oh, you should start a podcast about all of this. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? Like, why, why don't I? And do you know, I used to have a podcast in the past, um, but that was, oh, okay. I've got a one-year-old and I've got a two-year-old, um, and I used to be like working quite a bit away from home, so I'd just make a podcast of me just talking nonsense, just telling them about my day, and my fiance would play it to help like my one-year-old get to sleep. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. 
Getting far too long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, it was a podcast just for your kids, or were you were you posting it publicly and people? <laughs> it, so, so it was posted publicly, but it was just kind of like think of like a, a audio vlog kind of sort of yeah. thing, more of like a oh here's what I think about this. Yeah. And like there was one episode where I like sat by like a fire outside, and you could hear like the river in the background and the fire. It was actually fantastic. I plan on doing the next episode outside like the next episode of uh, the hill outside um which will be pretty awesome because you'll get like the nice background and you know um it's not solely about you know monero the podcast it's a lot about kind of privacy all, all the things that kind of go into it uh what really inspired me is have you ever read the book um the second realm no i think um so you know the podcast opt out yeah yes yeah, yeah. So they had a guest on and they were talking very much so about like, um, second realm economics. So essentially, instead of like overthrowing like the current economic system, we kind of just opt out of it and we do what we do. So kind of like what you're doing with gratuitous and stuff like that. So they recommended this book and I read it and it talks about like, um, temporary autonomous zones and how that can be digital or physical. And it really, really inspired me. It caught my imagination. So um, this podcast is going to be a lot about those sort of views and also kind of self-sustainability and things like that. Beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like a good potential uh, guest for Monero Talk or, or um, Monerotopia speaker. I'll have to check, check that out. What's the name of the book? Um, so it's called uh, Second Realm, and the two people uh, are anonymous, so they're they go by pseudonym, so it's XYZ and Smuggler. I don't know how to contact them. I haven't seen anything public of them, but I'm sure I've only taken a wee glance online. I haven't tried too, too hard. Very cool. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I listened to, I started listening to your podcast last night, but I only listened to uh, like half of it. But uh, yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's, it's a nice style. And you were talking about using Monero, right? I think you're already, yeah. you're like, you're lining up your, your, your first story of actually using Monero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I am, um, so I went on a stag do, which is like your version of like a bachelor party, I guess. So I went on a stag do and I was out with someone and we were just talking and he's got like loads of tattoos and he's got like, um, we were just talking and he's like, oh, like I know Monero because I was wearing this t-shirt. He's like, oh, Monero. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, like I know that. Like I use it. And I ran out of money on the stag do. I didn't have enough to go on like one of the nights out. And I'm like, oh, like I'll just sell you some of my Monero. So he gave me 40 euros. I gave him 40 euros worth of Monero. We were in Ireland, by the way. Awesome. And um, yeah, it was brilliant. And then we just started talking more and more about it. And he's a tattoo artist. And I was like, oh, I'd love to get a Monero tattoo. You know, um, you'll probably know Nate, won't you? Yeah, you do. Because I think we spoke. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him on Twitter. I don't. In a while. No, he he disappeared. Um, Another Twitter, but he hasn't replied to me. So I assume that he just wants to keep private. That one doesn't show his face, and I only found it because it's really hard to find it. But he's safe, which is good to hear. But he has that big Monero tattoo on his hand. Yeah. I want the same sort of tattoo on my chest. Nice. Um, (laughs) So, like, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll do that. I'll pay for it. And then my friend, right after I released the podcast, he messaged me and he's like, oh, by the way, you don't have to pay for the tattoo. You can just come home. And I'm like, no, that, that defeats the purpose. Like, I want to yeah. pay you Monero. Please, let me play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I'm trying my best to transition to, like, paying as many people 
as narrow as possible and like using it as much as possible. For example, I used to be really like how I got into Monero was I was kind of into crypto beforehand, but not as like a money go up person and also not as a as like a liberty person either. It was kind of like, oh, like mining Bitcoin, that seems really cool, it seems really technical. And you know, I worked for an IT company and we still need um like IT equipment and we had loads of GPUs, like tons, like hundreds. Um, so I learned as much as I could about mining crypto and then um, found like people who built crypto mining rigs and then sold them uh, GPUs and I learned as much as I could. And then when I heard about like Ethereum going to proof of stake, I was like, oh, that's a bit, I don't really like that. Mm. Uh, and I was aware of Monero because um, I, like I watch Mental Outlaw on YouTube, and he talks about it quite a bit. Oh, okay. And yeah, like I, I just kind of got like super, super hooked on it from there. And like ever since, I've been trying to like buy and sell everything that I can for Monero. So I've I've got stuff that's um that like I don't need anymore. Like my my first go to is like, oh, can I sell this for Monero? Like I've got like um you um, you, you you don't really know what you don't really care for other cryptos, and neither do I. But I had like a bunch of like um like bit miners, like you know, like the bobcat ones. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I can sell these all for Monero, and it, like yeah, like everyone who's like cares about them, they're like, oh, will you take Bitcoin? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Have you successfully sold some some old stuff for Monero? Not not really, to be honest with you. Like even um like where I started trying, like where are you trying to sell it? What are you trying? How are you like uh? So that? either like two people that I know or two like on um so I used to have like a big uh, like crypto mining rig with like uh three thirty seventies in it. And I tried to sell the thirty seventies for Monero, but everyone that I spoke to, they were happy enough to pay for it and then things just kinda of fell through if that makes sense. And it got to a point where I'm like, I'll just put it on Facebook Marketplace. But just on like matrix groups and all of that. Like I had a matrix group where um like I tried to set up a marketplace where like Oh, let's buy and sell stuff for Monero, but I don't think um, it didn't really take off. And then the people who were trying to sell stuff, it wasn't it wasn't brick or brack from their house. Let's put it like that. So I closed the the chat. Okay. Yeah, I like the I like the tattoo for Monero, man. That's that's yeah, another that thought we had, right? For Monerotopia, another vendor. I'm sure we could find. Oh my god, tattoo! Yeah, tattoo artist in Miami. There's so many of them that would come down for the. Day. I don't know how mobile. How mobile is tattooing? Can you? Is it like? I think it's pretty mobile. Like I know people do like house appointments. Like I know okay, people. Okay, so we can do that. So we could have a yeah. tattoo artist hanging out there, and uh, giving doing. Tattoos. Why don't you do it? Why don't you just get like a like a stick and poke kind of old fashioned like you have like a line <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just branding. I'll do like a, you know, just brand, I'll brand you with a Monero. Just like a big M logo you do up and just, I mean, it would show dedication. A lot of people are funny <laughs> about, it might be contrary people, to some of the philosophy of Monero. I don't know. I don't just, know. Yeah, I don't well, know it's only I'd say we're, we're grand. I think a lot of people are against kind of Monero tattoos and things like that because yeah. a lot of people are like, don't talk about it. Right. Like, you <laughs> have it don't talk about it and I think that's the big like I respect that from people but I also think it's a big issue in the community in the sense of for example like what you wanted to do for Halloween mm -hmm. like I thought that was awesome you know but I think a lot of people are kind of like very funny about coming out and showing like 
oh, actually, I support this thing because either they're scared of being shunned or, you know, stuff like that. For example, I, I recently made my uh, Twitter private. I had to make it public so you can message me from the Minerotopia. <laughs> but I made that private because, um, like, I've just got into, like, a cybersecurity course. And I wasn't sure if the fact that, like, I'm really into Monero would reflect badly on me. Um, which is something that you shouldn't really need to worry about, but I, I think it's a legitimate concern from some people. Yeah, I hear you. Some people, well, first of all, I get the people that just don't want to reveal that they're part of it because of, you know, OPSEC and they, they don't want to create attack vectors against themselves, especially like the devs, those people that are working on it. Like maybe you don't want to let the whole world know you're, you're, you're into Monero and part of the Monero project, right? Like, yeah. I totally get that. But then you have people like me, right? I'm just, I'm just a dude who believes in the philosophies behind it. And, you know, my, my, my ethics align with it. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's morally correct, right? I, I want to live in a Monero world. So I have no problem running for Congress, for example, and saying, you know, if elected, I'll, I'll fight on the floor of Congress to make sure people realize that Monero aligns with, you know, American ideals. Like, but that's that's one extreme. So not everybody has to be out there doing it. But I think overall, people should be shouldn't be ashamed of it, right? Like yeah. I get you might want to do it for certain opsec reasons to protect yourself. That's fine. But if your reason is because you're you're concerned of like, you know, the ethics of it. No, I mean, if if you believe that, that Monero works as intended, and if you believe in you know these concepts of free speech, then you should have no problem telling people to use Monero, that you use Monero, and why it's a good thing. It's not just like, oh, I want you to use this so every, you know, so, you know, crime can be committed in the world. Like, that, 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 that's not, that's not the value prop. You yeah. want to, you know, create a more open and free society, and a Monero allows that to happen. Yeah. I think a big issue as well is, you know, uh, people who do use Monero for crime, like, how much of that is actually immoral? You know, like you talk quite a bit about gray markets. And I know you get some backlash about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like if like an adult can choose what they do with their body, I don't see a massive issue with that. And, you know, like Monero kind of enables people to avoid that tyranny and be a lot safer. Do you know what I mean? Like person personally I I don't use gray markets, but I watch a lot of um documentaries and videos about them. I'm really excited to hear about your interview with um, Rossi's mom, by the way. That seems really cool. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking of as you were saying these things. Yep. Yeah, he is, like, honestly, one of my idols. Like, genuinely, him, McAfee, yourself, Vic, like, genuinely, like, you talk Oh, wow, you got me in that Aww. mix, man? Jeez, yeah. that is some big <laughs> shoes. Big <laughs> shoes. Yeah, you're, you're up there with McAfee and Rossi. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, way, is, here. Gonna... is he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. Like I, I remember watching. Like someone was like, "Oh, did you hear about McAfee?" And I'm like, "Oh, like the antivirus." And that's all I knew. And then they sent me a picture of him topless machine guns. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I knew how to live life. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I don't think he had the meth lab. But, like people think he had the meth lab. I don't think so. I, I didn't even know that was one of the rumors. I didn't even know yeah, that. Was. Yeah, that, that's the whole reason. So the reason his like lab kept on getting raided by the police is the police, what country was it? I forget what country it was in. That's South American country. Police. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
It was bullies. Um, so their government thought he was manufacturing meth, which, if you think about that for two seconds, like, why does a billionaire have a reason to manufacture meth? Like, he's already, you know, he, he was running a pharmaceutical company, but they kept on raiding him. And it was, uh, like, this targeted attack is really, really interesting. He's, like, just, um, fantastic person. I'm really sad that he's gone. Do you think he, uh, this might be inappropriate, but do you think he took his own life or do you think they Epstein'd him? I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't believe anything in this world anymore, right? Unless I see it with my own two eyes, right? Yeah. So, but it's one of those things where he... Deception going on. I mean, he did clearly... Didn't he Didn't he have a tattoo or something? Yeah, he has a tattoo. Whacked. And then, you know, say he had a dead man switch and then tweeted that. Right, and he said, and like, I've never found, you know, dead. I didn't commit suicide. Didn't yeah. he, like, say that? Yeah, but on the same hand, I feel like if I was suicidal in, in the public eye, just because I'm a bit of a jokester, I'd probably start putting stuff out like that because I think it would be funny after I pass. People like right, so there you go. So, 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 I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I wouldn't be shocked either way, right? I, yeah, either, yeah. Either thing can, can, be, can be the case. Um, yeah, no, I'm very much so on the fence. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, he was he was a legend, man. He was a legend, a uh, controversial figure, but a a beacon of liberty, you know. And Same so. with Ross. I mean, like, um, what what always makes me sad when I hear about these um, people who operate in like grey marketplaces is they always get them on the tiniest slip up on their object. You know, like it's they used like one of their like real emails to set up you know, like a domain host. And it, it's one of those things where, like, if you actually listen to, like, how all these people get caught, it's never because the government has this amazing tool. It's always this very, very simple slip of up on yep. And, like, if you look at other marketplaces, a lot of them have been able to exit without having, like, an issue. Like, I'm not sure if you've heard the story about Canazon. Can, can, like, it's a play on words from Amazon. I'll give you two guesses what they sell. But... <laughs> The host of that site, I think he was Mr. White. I think that's why he went by. He basically was like, we're shutting down the website and this amount of days. Exit, he didn't exit scam. Everyone got everything they needed. He left, never was compromised and he operated for like five years. It's just interesting. I think they're all really, really. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's, that's how people are going to come. And the thing with Ross, man, he was, he was an idealist. He was doing it because he believed in free and open markets. Yeah, yeah, and I hear him speak. You know, you speak to him. Um, I mean, he the the Liberty Conference that we went to. He went. He used to go to that back in the day before Silk Road was created. I mean, he was a, a liberty loving individual that understood all the principles, and he was creating this out of idealism. And so, you know, you could have your opinions, but yeah. he, he he certainly meant well, and uh, he believed in free and open commerce. And he was the first great entrepreneur of crypto, of Bitcoin. He like he was the first guy to create something, you know, the, the killer app. He created the killer app of Bitcoin. Yeah. It it, it, it's, it's incredible what yeah. he did. Where is he on the Forbes list, by the way? Like, if you were to look at him, like, because we know how much Bitcoin he has, it's public, unfortunately. I mean, where is he on that? Like, because the, the feds didn't seize his Bitcoin. Like, he still technically has it. Like, at one point, uh, assuming, well, actually, maybe not, because obviously there's plenty. Wasn't, of I thought they, well, they seized a lot of Silk Road Bitcoin, didn't they? 
They did, but he still has some in his wallet. They like, like they still oh. monitor that wallet, which I don't see. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm almost certain that he still has Bitcoin. Uh, like quite a bit of it in a wallet that the feds are aware of, but they can't access it because, like, obviously, you can't confiscate Bitcoin. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an That's interesting one because you'd imagine at that. To be honest, I just let him buy his freedom. I I, I just pardon him. To be honest with you, but short of like pardoning him, I just let him buy his freedom. I think we're getting closer, you know, we'll have to see what happens politically. It's, it's really literally just political at this, at this point. But I think the trend is in the direction of recognizing that, you know, this guy was far from evil, especially yeah, yeah. As, as crypto gains more mainstream adoption. The, the world changes, the worldview changes, and eventually the majority will realize that this guy was not a, uh, you know, a horrible criminal that deserves a double life sentence. He was a kid. Crazy. He was a kid who created yeah. a revolutionary concept. You never heard. He's using a new technology. So yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And stuff. What, I don't think you ever said the name of your podcast. What is it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just so happy to talk to you guys. Like, I, I, like last night I was like on my Snapchat really excited and you see me blushing. I'm like, oh, cause like, it, it, like you guys are the podcast I listen to the most, right? Oh, awesome. so used to be Joe Rogan. It's now yourselves. Damn, so this is oh, wow. the equivalent of being asked on to Joe Rogan. Like this is <laughs> funny enough. I'm drinking my coffee from a JRE cup. Should be a Monero top cup. But um, like, <laughs> like I was so excited. So I, I'm just kind of all. Oh, I'm surprised I've been able to hold it together so much. Oh, um, you're awesome, man. You're <laughs> genuine. That, that, that's what your podcast is too, from what I Yeah, like. I try, I try to no, no flair, no nothing like that. Just, you know, I start it off. What am I smoking? What am I drinking? I smoke like a tobacco pipe. I just smoke tobacco. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but, but flavored tobacco, you know, like I've got, um, some smoke whatever you want, man. Yeah, it's, it's my, my right, but yeah. I'm in the house, so I can't. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, it, it's always good because you, one, if you like tobacco, you learn about new tobacco and I'm normally drinking whiskey. So, you know, that's always good. But uh, yeah, it's called the hill. Um, so just the hill, the hill has three L's mainly because I used an AI generator to generate the logo for the podcast. I put three L's at the end of it. I'm like, oh, why not? So I thought that was pretty cool. Awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, we, uh, we should post it. We'll somewhere. put it in, put the, in the show the description. notes. Yep. We will. So, yeah, somebody's saying they convinced him to give up a huge chunk of coins recently. I think like 70k Bitcoin. So they're saying that really? Ross gave up. And then obviously I know they auctioned off uh, a bunch of the Silk Road coins or all the Silk Road coins that they seized. That was like 40,000 Bitcoin or something. That's, that's crazy. No, it was more than that, I think. It was more than that. That was just one tranche or something, I think, when they auctioned it off. That was crazy. That first gave validity to, to Bitcoin too, right? When you had the government then auctioning off seized Bitcoin from Silk Road really was yeah. another uh, historic point. Of- well, um, one last thing, and I'll, I'll let you guys go, but it's just something that uh, reminded me of uh, like the vulnerabilities of Bitcoin. So are you aware of the company Top Talk? Anyone from Britain will know what it is. No, I don't think I know that. They're a uh, telecoms uh, company. Oh, no worries. <laughs> anyway, anyway, they caught him because he, he used Bitcoin while on a VPN. 
uh, and that's how they uh, they caught him. But anyway, I'll let you guys go because uh, my one year old's coming. Robbie, do, <laughs> do what you got to do, man. You're always welcome to, to jump yes. on. Oh, there she is. Oh, there she is. <laughs> you see the door opening? <laughs> you right, got a right, I'll, over there. Yeah, I know, I know. Right, I'll let you guys go. It was really good talking to you guys, and uh, he just knows that I ramble too much. He's doing me a favor. Right. Robbie, you're awesome. Man. Thank you so much, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. guys, on. check check out Robbie's new podcast. It's called The Hill, right? The Hill, the right? Hill with Three yeah, L's. Yeah, The Hill with Three L's. The Hill Thank with Three you. L's. Put the link Give in him the a follow. Check it out. It's on Spotify. Oh, there he goes. And, uh, Adios. He has to go. Robbie, you're always welcome to jump on Monero. Yes, Tokyo. yes, yes. All righty. So I guess let's move on to the weekly news segment with Donnie. Let's do that. Wow. He's and now for our weekly news segment. Hey. Very special. hey guys. Hello. How's it going? Well, you guys left me here. You just went to New York and you left your son I in know. Florida. We love that son. <laughs> <laughs> we Tony, our adopted son. <laughs> we had a great time. Great time. It was such a good time. We and were so sad when we were leaving him at the airport. Yeah. We walked in, we're like, we're going to miss Tony. <laughs> I know. I miss you guys too. It's so weird to see you there and not I know. You know, in person. We just uh, chilled, right? We just chilled. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Like, and I'm not sure if it's the lighting, but you're still tan. Yeah, we. we uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think. Yeah, I permanent tan. It was has a permanent tan. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. Like when we went on Saturday in South Beach, we got the four, okay, meatheads, but okay. <laughs> not not in a bad way. They're just you know really jacked. So that was awesome. We got we got them. Yeah, that was Sunday, I think. Yeah, like you got those, and then we got the guys, the two guys on the beach. Yeah. Wait, is my audio okay? <laughs> yeah, your audio is fine. <laughs> hey, weatherman in a Morning live. You see the sound in the background. <laughs> wait, so it's okay? Like it's fine? Or yeah, yeah, it sounds all right fine. to me. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. This. I need to replace the mic. As you can see, it's kind of, yeah. Oh, God. I need to replace it. But yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah don't just don't touch it. it. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, but productive. And uh, we uh, we onboarded 30 people at the conference. And again, we could have had more, but in my experience, first of all, it takes a long time, like five minutes minimum to talk per person. Yeah, exactly. And oh, then, yeah. yeah. And then some people, they're like, yeah, I want to download it. Oh, my phone is dead. That literally happened. Or, oh, I, I don't have storage. Right. That literally happened to a couple of people that I talked to. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you run into all those issues. But the bottleneck is the onboarding. It's not that most people say no. Most, I'd say, would say yes. Most, yeah. Takes, takes a minute. You gotta convince them. You gotta explain the, yeah, things. Or explaining, then waiting for the yeah. wallet to download. Then as it's, you know, downloading, you're talking to them yeah. about it. But it's worth it. Every new person you get on, I mean, that's tremendous. There really is an undercurrent of Monero, though, right? I mean, even on the beach, right? When we got the guy, we were trying to get somebody on the beach to accept Monero for the, the frozen drinks that he was selling out of a pouch. <laughs> and he delicious. Was, he's like, oh, or delicious. He's like, he's like, Monero. And then literally another vendor that was also selling these same types of drinks was walking by, and he heard him say Monero. He's like, Monero. He's like, that's yeah. old school, bro. He's like, yeah, definitely take yeah, Monero. Funny. He's like, that's some traceable digital cat. Like, we didn't even have to do it. And then the other guy's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> like, he knew already. The other guy knew. It was awesome, right? That was that yeah. was amazing. When you see moments like that, where other people already know Monero, and like, it's it's validating that there's mm-hmm. a, a, a organic growth that's taking place. 
among yeah. people that actually want to transfer digital cash. Yes, I, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I messaged the, because my phone died, actually. So it was my fault. I was going to give that guy, he got kick wallet and then I, I messaged him, but he didn't get back. So I'm hoping that he's going to get back and there's $10 waiting for him. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope so. But let's get into the news because I know that I want to have the viewers of state on stage section and we have a lot to talk about. But before guys, you have the links in the description. We used, um, Link shorteners, they're not, they're not malware or scans. I know that they look weird. So, you know, click on them and uh, you can follow along or after and let us know what you think. So they're in the description. Now let's go into the news. So Hack Notice is now accepting Monero. Hack Notice is a company wide threat awareness platform. Basically they offer employee training, I suppose, and then maybe also firewall protection, intrusion protection system, prevention systems for companies. So, you know, to protect companies, essentially. And they decided to accept two currencies, Monero and Bitcoin. Nothing else. So it's good to see. That's very good to see. Beautiful. Yeah, that's super good to see. And um, so this has been this has been existing for some time. But in, ca- in case you didn't know, I'm going to talk about it because uh, someone had mentioned it yesterday. Uh, John R., 365. So there's a bounty website for Monero and you can actually get, you can actually get Monero for, you know, freelancing through trying to solve the problems that people have. Uh, for example, and, um, it's, so it's bounties.monero.social. You can add a, if you add a PHP in the preferred fiat currency on Feather Wallet, you get 0.001 Monero. Obviously, if it's more complicated, you can get, or more difficult, rather, you can get 2.8 Monero uh, for a statistical mining dashboard for peer-to-peer peer pool, a Monero GUI wallet. You can get more, you can get less. Uh, this one was 4 Monero for Bitcoin Cash to XMR atomic swaps. Oh, that's cool. What? 11 months ago. Okay. Yeah, so definitely check it out. And uh, if you have anything that you need help with, just put it there and you'll make someone happy. And oh, this is the same one again. What? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So let's exit out of this one. Uh, now, we talked about Monero Garden two weeks ago, but I want to mention that it did get funded. It did get funded. For the people that don't know, Monero Garden is a website that should be approachable for a 11-year-old and above. It's just a way for people to understand how to use Monero, why to use it, how Monero works, and it's going to have illustrations. I mean... Andreas is going to do a great job. He's really talented. So I, I really can't wait for the website. It's going to be awesome. He needs to uh, test this on my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, she, he does. He does. Also, we got to test it on that woman from the last table. Maybe she'll <laughs> understand Monero better. <laughs> well, no convincing table. her, right? Oh, my God. God. She, well, at least, she, you know, thank God she had the fries. She, you remember she was eating fries? Oh, my God. She was, yeah. You know, she didn't have that, I think. But she sure. kind of brushed us off at the end. She was like, all right, no, good luck. <laughs> she she believes in sound money, but she doesn't like Monero. She wants it all to be traceable. <laughs> no, she was just she was just very, I think, uh, worried. Remember she was mentioning how she doesn't want banks to know that she has Monero? And we're like, banks don't need to know that we have Monero. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's concerned that, yeah, it would be considered... Yeah. Illegal, and that she'll be a target. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then overall, she wanted, she was okay with Bitcoin's, <laughs> you know, ability to be surveilled, right? That, that was my take. Yeah. Enough, enough about her. I know you guys. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah, okay, you guys, okay. guys have been traumatized with this woman. <laughs> okay, okay. After 20 minutes, I walked away. I'm like, this Tony and I just couldn't handle it because we had so <laughs> much success down there. Then there was this one. I knew she was just one. Just wasn't out. Her. I walked away. <laughs> we had so much success, and then it just went downhill. No, I'm kidding. But it was interesting, you know. I mean, I think I think the guy next to her was into Monero, but she wasn't. Yeah, because he, he was looking down, Let's man. Move on, guys. Anyway, anyway, so crypto is easily tracked, guys, uh, as you know, <laughs> uh, but not as anonymous as you think, right? By Michael Gromek. Uh, who is this guy? So he's the co-chair of the Digital Asset uh, Task Force, a committee at the Global Coalition to Fight Financial Crime. Cool, noble. I wish just that they just left the normal citizens alone and the criminals, you know, they could go after them instead of encroaching everybody. But cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin can be easily tracked. Okay, true. Okay. Uh, Gromek said that coin exchanges are usually subject to know your customer and anti-mandling laundering regulations. This makes it easier to trace criminals. Absolutely, absolutely true. And then they go on talking about that. Now, Privacy coins? Monero, a proof-of-work cryptocurrency that uses complex codes to hide wallet addresses, is a so-called, so-called, in quotation marks, privacy coin. It's a Gromek, which is intended to protect both anonymity and privacy of users. This is in contrast to Bitcoin, in which a wallet address can be used to identify users. However, even so-called privacy coins like Monero can be traced by law enforcement. Mr. Gromek, what do you know that we don't? What tools do you have in the box? There are still tools that we can use for privacy coins as well that are being used to identify suspects that are conducting certain crimes, said Gromek. Interesting. Yeah, That's, no Gromek. You see yeah, a yeah. shadowy coder that just developed some, some <laughs> right? tool? News, news to us. Sounds like we got to get him on, uh, on a Monero talk. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we should we should try that. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's a bodacious uh, claim, so... I'll be awesome to have him on and have a good conversation, for sure. Now, let's talk about malware. Be careful, uh, because there's a video, but it's two minutes and a half, and I can't skip through it for some reason, so I'll just talk about it. But essentially, there has been a bug, or not a bug, it's just malware, sorry, and local Monero. So essentially, you would open a trade, but this malware, when you send the Monero, it changes the address of the receiver. When you click submit, so not before, when you actually hit submit, it replaces the address in, in a way that's hidden from you unless it errors out. Sneaky, sneaky. Stealthy, stealthy. <laughs> yeah, so just be careful. You know, just be careful out there. Because uh, I guess more and more people want Monero, so they're doing whatever they can to get your Monero. Now, we do have... This is awesome. So this is... Uh, you can find it on GitHub. It's a background sync function to Monero's code base. And essentially, this update could reduce users having to wait for long wild sync, sync times before using, which results in sub in a suboptimal UX. It's, it's being done by Justin Berman based on uh, Howard Hughes' proposal. So it brings down the, back, uh, the sync time for Monero, essentially. So you can check it out. And here's an overview of uh, what happens when the sync is enabled and what happens when it's disabled. Like when it's enabled, the wallet wipes 
the span key from memory and can continue scanning with just the view key hot. So if you want to know more about it, you have the links in the description. Yeah, we're hoping to get uh, Jay Berman on and we could talk about it. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. That'll be awesome. He's a dev. Software developer. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at Monerotopia. Cool. We, we might get him on this week and we could yes. uh, talk about this. Ooh. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, <laughs> Aldi, the supermarket chain, is considering selling edible insects to help families afford protein. This stuff drives me nuts, Esther. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm sure Bill Gates is over the moon because that's been the plan all along to get us to stop eating normal food and to eat bugs while the elite at the top eat their wagyu beef and lobster and watch all the peasants at the bottom eat, eat insects and rats because it will save the planet, apparently. Exactly. Well, it won't be on my menu. I hope it's not on yours, Esther. Good reason to avoid Aldi and go and find a decent steak. Look for an Aussie steak, Esther. If you're going out for a steak, make sure it's Australian or New Zealand. <laughs> They're the very, very best. You will eat the bugs and Jane is considering selling edible in What channel was it? Where was that? Broadcast? Sky News. Oh wow. That is so funny. Wow. On national yeah, TV. Yeah, it's getting real, man. It's getting, it's getting real. real right? But I hey, like I mean, you know, if if somebody wants to go out there and start selling bugs for by all means, let let the market decide. The problem is it's just you have this, you know agenda that's making it basically impossible to to for the for people to uh be in the business of selling meat right that that's that's the issue but all for letting uh bugs compete fairly <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's not a fair competition they're making it impossible to uh, to to you know to to farm and to uh-huh to distribute that's it that's the real issue it's these car- these carbon taxes yeah, and I just want, before we play this video, because this one is very interesting as well, and very, it's really emotional as well. Uh, I don't want to mention that, you know, in some cultures, they've been eating bugs for, yeah. I'm not pro-bugs, I'm just saying, that some cultures, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you, you know, some people bugs? say, no, 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 like, no, I mean, you know, some people no, came it's up with it. culture, yeah, it's part of some cultures. Just yeah, fine. the problem is it bugs. If you want to yeah. go out and start a, a yeah, business where bugs. you, you know, yeah. they're edible and whatever, you could show there's some nutritional reason why you could eat it and they taste good. By all means, yes. let people let people go eat and buy bugs. But if you're if you're creating policies that uh, move people towards the point where all, their only eating option is bugs and they can't <laughs> afford or access these other foods that we want because of artificial reasons, because of regulations that are ultimately implemented by governments globally uh then that's a real fucking problem that's the issue right it's not it's not the bugs themselves mm-hmm. i agree and plus and then we'll stop with the bugs for this week because <laughs> we should move on as well but they, they also make a children's book books about bugs and about their nutritional values and how they're good for, yeah so it's yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, that's that's the issue that they're, yeah. they're trying to move everybody in this direction artificially. Yes. Now let's talk about before you play just one thing. So this is about Lebanon, and as you guys know, Lebanon is in a very dire situation for years now, actually. And I I do have a friend there, and um, inflation is through the roof. It's really horrible. Like my friend has to essentially farm food for himself. Because it's just inflation is it's insane. So 
and it's interesting the way they titled this video. They're robbing the banks to access their money. I'm not even sure it's called robbing. What what do you call that? They're just like they're they re- their reclaiming their they're their money. own their own property. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're being vigilantes. You know, they're they're taking back <laughs> rightfully theirs. Exactly. Exactly. And we should play this until like minute three, like minute three or something, because it has an interesting story. It's like a minute. Yeah. Okay. Let's play it. Layla Moana Allen, who's in Beirut. First, Layla has this look at the depths of despair driving Lebanese to extraordinary measures. This woman is robbing a bank, but the money she's demanding is from her own account. For three years, Lebanese have watched helpless as the value of their life savings plummeted, denied access to their money by the banks as Lebanon's economy tanked. Now, increasing numbers are storming banks to demand it back. Some take weapons. Others threaten to hurt themselves. All of them say they're desperate. I went to the bank many times, trying to withdraw my money and explaining that I've lost my job and I needed to live. I demanded my deposit so many times, only for them to refuse, claiming they have no money. This summer, Bassam al-Sheikh Hussein raided his local branch armed with a shotgun and held employees hostage, forcing them to hand over $35,000 from his savings account. He says he'll do it again if he has to, to get the rest. What's happened has happened, but what comes next will be much more severe. From now on, more drastic measures are going to be taken. I'll forcibly take back what's rightfully mine, even if it costs me my life, even if I had to kill them all at the bank. Banks have shut down for weeks in response. But watching their countrymen take the law into their own hands has lit a fire amongst enraged depositors across the country. Protesters have attacked the central bank, demanding justice. They say it's not them, but the government who are thieves. Many Lebanese refuse to believe their money's gone for good. And they're not entirely wrong. Those who can afford to wait years or even decades for the economy to improve may get a lot of the value of their savings back. But with public services collapsing and prices going through the roof, this is the rainy day they've been saving for. And for those in the most desperate situations, waiting isn't an option. Earlier this year, Clara and Rami Rukuz got the devastating news that their two-year-old daughter Martine has cancer. But while dealing with a mother's worst nightmare, Clara is also dealing with the stress of being unable to pay for Martine's treatment. We spent what little savings we had trying to get her into a hospital, but they weren't enough. Before the crisis, Martine's parents were a typical middle-class family. After the economy plummeted, at the exchange rate the bank is offering, their hard-earned $45,000 in savings is now worth less than 10000 But they can't even get hold of that. The bank has limited the family's withdrawals to only $100 a month. What can $100 a month do for us? That won't even pay for a one-night stay at the hospital. That doesn't include surprises like tests and infections. The banks are withholding what's rightfully ours. They're making us beg for our dignity. Martine's leukemia has a 90% survival rate among kids her age, if treated quickly. But if there's a break in treatment, her chances will plummet fast. Martine's doctor is doing everything he can to raise donations to help, but it can't last. If they have to stop, they could lose her. Time is against us. Plenty of people are resorting to illicit measures, and I'm not saying I support it, but when it comes to the health of one's child, a person will do anything. My husband might go wreak havoc at the bank. Who knows? As they okay. wait nervously for Martine's next. Uh, yeah, I mean that. I think what's most 
significant about that is, you know, people say like, will, will, will Monero ever go mainstream? Will people ever care? People are going to care when things get, you know, unfortunately when things get to that point. So we're seeing it's, it's real, man. This thing, these things happen. It's like government seizing people's property, not allowing them access to their own money as it plummets in value and just letting them, you know, suffer. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that? I mean, and the situation that they're depicting with that, that family, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how, how, you know, that, that husband has every right to go out there or the mother as well and do whatever it takes to get their, their, the money that they need for, for their family, for their child. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's the, the, uh, it's, the value of Monero is, is, is in governments never being able to have that power over you. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a very, very real reasons why we're going to need such tools. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's, but in Lebanon, it's a perfect uh, scenario where you can actually build, let's say a Monero uh, country by a whale. If just people know about, if like if somebody went there and said, Okay, guys, you can, here's your money. You can take it into, you can transfer it into Monero and now you can live off Monero and just, you know what? The economy is so destroyed. You should just make your own economy because they're, they're at that point. They're at the point. I mean, for example, when the explosion happened in Beirut two years ago and my friend was there to witness it and feel it, the government just, I mean, they just changed governments a lot, lots of times because they don't want to take the responsibility. So they can actually make their own economy. That that is possible. We just need someone to to go there and uh, do the job. Yeah, you know, the time the time to opt in to Monero and opt out of fiat isn't when you're in that situation. It's too late. Mm-hmm. You're you're already screwed. The time yeah. is to start preparing now, right? And you you move over to Monero and you start creating, like you said, these this parallel economy, and then that makes you immune. To these things, when unfortunately they inevitably happen with the the collapse of fiat in in your country, and you know the idea is realizing Monero is the thing that does this the best. Bitcoin, the first interesting number go up, but is it does it have uh, you know the ability to to really prevent governments from intervening enough? Right. So mm-hmm. at that point. When you're in these situations, when governments are desperate and willing to do anything, are they going to be able to ultimately co-opt, influence, censor, confiscate your Monero because it's not private? I don't know. Maybe they, you know, you could debate about it. But what we do know is Monero is clearly built to be, you know, less co-opted, less easily co-opted than Bitcoin. So it's like, why... Why take that chance? You're going to need the best weapon for when we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, arrive at these times. Ian said the volatil- volatility of Monero is a problem. Yeah, for, for sure. And for now, but, um, what is worse? This or having higher volatility and not even being able to access your money? I mean, and over time, because Monero has natural usage, you know, volatility is going to, to decrease and, yeah, I sell a way better option than what they have. That's, and the volatility is because we value our, our Monero and fiat. So as more people use it and we build a circular economy, and if you're get if you're getting paid in Monero and then spending Monero, 
that's when you'll start to to value Monero in terms of Monero and it becomes a unit of account. You know, if you if you got paid one Monero for last week's work and then the the following week you're buying food with it and you know it's gonna cost you one Monero for eggs, you're gonna be like, wait a minute, I just I just worked for a week. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. when people are gonna start to value things in terms of Monero when they mm-hmm. inevitably start using Monero. And uh, that's when its volatility will start to disappear as well, when everybody starts valuing things in, in Monero, which is going to take time, which takes adoption, which is what is organically happening in Monero, more so than what we see in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is being used as a store of values, but like the, the, the real movement towards adoption is happening where people are using it in situations where they need digital cash. Yeah. You know, it would have been funny if, um, say we gave away Bitcoin at the conference and someone already had a, had Bitcoin. So we would just send them more Bitcoin and then we would say, Hey, nice. You have a couple of Bitcoins right there. That's pretty cool. Good for you. <laughs> and I'll say, Oh shit. What? <laughs> That's not cool. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah. Talking about why you should be excited for Monero. Why you should be excited for a central bank digital currency guys. <laughs> but William. Anderson. He's a technology executive in the blockchain, crypto, and web-free space. Kick him out. What? <laughs> what? Blockchain technology is still under development, and uh, wait, let me see exactly. So many new concepts and approaches came and went, but they all focused on speculation and were driven by incredibly early adopters, many of whom were in it for the quick cash turnarounds gains. This guy doesn't know about Monero. Uh, there's a tremendous amount that can and will be done with blockchain just as there was with the web but to really get people on board we need reasons for adoption Monero what oh, sorry central bank digital currency is a cryptocurrency whose sure whose liability rests with a central bank okay the closest we have to this to this an example is in the US is paper money anyone can use it but its value and distribution are backed by the government who is ultimately responsible responsible for its existence Mm, okay, we don't like that. While digital currency itself, such as paying online with credit cards or making transfers with PayPal or Venmo, is ubiquitous. Ubiquitous, yes. In the United States, uh, the accountability for this money is managed by private business, not the government. Um, now, interestingly enough, so this was released on October 20th, 5 a.m. October 20th, 12.23 p.m. Lauren decided to post an article on Forbes about <laughs> Monero. <laughs> and um, it talks about what is Monero and was recently thrust into the spotlight following the Optus data breach. But why Monero? Tra- traditionally, all crypto transactions, whether made on Ethereum or Bitcoin, are designed to be traceable and available to all. The Monero cryptocurrency is changing the market by offering something most crypto- cryptocurrencies cannot privacy. But is Monero good for the everyday investor? Investor. More like user. I'm sure investor, but <laughs> um, history of the coin, features, privacy, how it, how it is mined, linked to ransomware, how it is performing, does Monero have a future? It is extremely difficult to accurately predict the future performance of any cryptocurrency. The crypto market is rife with volatility. This is partly since crypto is a young currency and its value is primarily dependent on investor demand, right? But in Monero, you can invest in it, but we also depend on user demand. We have users, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we went on the beach and we gave that guy 
uh, Monero for the coconut. That's a user demand. He wanted Monero, and we just had parallel economy mm-hmm. right there. So we depend on user demands, not necessarily investor demands. I mean, both, but... And then you left out the positive part. She says, despite this, crypto analysts seem relatively optimistic regarding Monero's future performance. As Monero still holding the title of leading privacy coin, seems fair to assume that it has more to offer the market is unlikely to drop off anytime soon. I mean, that, that's the Lindy effect too, right? So the more years that the, the technology like this exists, the, the higher probability that continue to be around in the future. Mm-hmm. Like like Tony said, yeah, since it's not since it's not built on speculation, it's built on use mm-hmm. that will sustain uh future use. That people are quote unquote invested in using it. Mm-hmm. It actually provides utility in their in their lives beyond speculation. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe we should have who knows Lauren Claxton. That'll be cool on the show. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And then have um, William Anderson as well. (laughs) So they can... (laughs) Yeah, we can. That'll be interesting. But it's so funny, like in the same day. Like Lauren was like, no. There's endless Monero news this day, whether it's directly mentioning a Monero or it's something happening out in the the wider world that, uh, you know, is, is symbolic of the reasons as to why we need Monero. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now let's talk about a former FBI director, which said that blockchain is is easier to trace than paper money. Yeah, true. Bitcoin has failed. Absolutely. Cryptocurrencies and DeFi platforms are now more vulnerable to privacy breaches and hacking than traditional banking. We talked about Satoshi Nakamoto and the offer specified this little privacy section of the paper. Um, So it says that the traditional banking model achieves a level of privacy by limiting access to information to the parties involved and the trusted third party, meaning like the banks, essentially, you know, they only know, but nobody else can know. The necessity to announce all transactions publicly precludes this method, but privacy can still be maintained by breaking the flow of information in another place by keeping public keys anonymous. So, you know, essentially what Bitcoin is, right? I mean, we don't know exactly who that hash, that string is. We don't know the person behind it, uh, but we can see the amounts. But now we can also see who the person is behind the, the string, right? If it's online, uh, there's methods to find them through KYC because that's how most people procure a crypto or, or in real life. Like I said before, you can just send some some Bitcoin to someone and then you can quick quickly see how much money they have and uh like the coconut guy what if we gave him a uh, bitcoin and he came back and he said guys if and we wanted more coconut right and he would say guys you have a lot of uh, bitcoin i want more this time or forget about it exactly you could have said that or you know right i mean the argument is well lightning all this stuff but the point is i mean that that's from the bitcoin white paper that privacy section Satoshi, uh saw that as being really- value proposition of Bitcoin, the fact that it was anonymous. You know, he realized even then that it was going to be pseudo-anonymous. But I don't think he foresaw all, you know, the, how how things would ultimately play out where everybody would be KYC-AML'd in the way that they access Bitcoin. They're not actually, they're not getting it by mine using their CPUs to obtain some at home and trading electricity for it anonymously. That's not how... 
the vast, vast, vast majority of people are acquiring their Bitcoin. They're acquiring it through KYC AML exchanges, where now you are able to, uh, you know, identify somebody, and then their their your their Bitcoin is associated with them thereafter, wherever or however they use it. So it just doesn't doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Work. Mm-hmm. I agree. Privacy I agree. Maintained. I agree. And um, one more thing from this specific article: there's a record in blockchain and that transparency and speed of accessing that record globally makes investigations of these types of fraud accelerate over traditional finance so yeah it's it's the they love it governments love it which is you know why it's a number go up technology partially right because they're they're not afraid of it they're embracing it yes Absolutely, absolutely. How are we doing on time, by the way? Are, and, uh, it's just hard to, you know, do it fast. We've blown way out of time, yeah, no matter what. Anyways, so just keep, this is just a marathon episode. Just keep going. Oh, I know, I know. So, Maybe like, not. it's kind of hard to make it. Sh- I try. Yeah, no worries. This is all all good info. Okay. Yeah, it's very good info. Talking about Ethereum. Remember the guy from the conference? He was sitting outside and he called um, proof of work caveman technology. Yeah. 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 He was interesting. And then I just. I said, look into proof, proof of snake, and then he laughed, and then I laughed, and then we left. But Ethereum faces a test of its ideals after the merge. So as we know, uh, Ethereum went from proof of work to proof of uh, stake, snake, whatever you want to call it, and um, they celebrated, awesome. But more than half of the network's activity is now subject to new U.S. government sanctions because a lot of the nodes are operating uh, um, in the U.S., so the U.S. is trying to capitalize on that, right? And essentially, government regulators will look at this and say, okay, that was easy. <laughs> and if Ethereum becomes a centralized, kind of is. Some people say it's not. Censorship control chain that also has bad scalability, then there's no point in building on Ethereum anymore, says the founder and CEO of the blockchain consulting and development company, Labris. So this issue attacks the core premise of Ethereum. Uh, then this article explains the crypto sanctions, the third tornado cash, what happened with that, and that essentially uh, citizens from the U.S. Uh, were banned from using Tornado, Tornado Cash, which is a service that provides anonymity to users. OFAC argued that Tornado Cash was the primary tool used by North Korean hackers in a $600 million hack. Punish them, don't punish the rest of us. It's uh, kind of suspicious. They obviously don't want you to have privacy. And then, so why sanctions are affecting Ethereum after the merge? Well, many Ethereum community members worry that established centralizing entities like Coinbase would be the ones to cave to governmental pressures. But since the merge, a new category of middlemen, and this is very interesting, called relays have emerged and many of them abide by OFAC rules. Relays are programs that help the proof of stake validators, watchdogs who safeguard the network, Maximize their profits. Now, on the day of the merge, 10% of transactions were routed through through the relays, but now it's roughly 60%. The result is that a month after the merge, 53% of Ethereum blocks are effectively being censored. 53%. And from 10% to 60%, it's also a big a big uh, increase. Monero, I mean Monero. Ethereum is the is the new number go up coin. It's the new, you know, government friendly pseudo CBDC crypto, mm-hmm. which is interesting because then it's like, what well, what is Bitcoin at this point? Uh, if it's it's already given up on trying to be digital cash, it pivoted and moved towards being quote unquote digital 
old, but in a way where are okay with it because it's perfectly traceable. And Ethereum is now just doing the more extreme version to the point where now you could even uh, potentially easily censor transactions or make them compliant to certain standards. Yep, that's hey. Ethereum. <laughs> that's Ethereum. I'm just really curious how how that's gonna you know the competition between Ethereum and Bitcoin. I, I start to wonder what is Bitcoin at this point because I feel like now Ethereum is eating Bitcoin's lunch in terms of being the number go up, you know, state compliant crypto. It's doing that part even better than, than Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's a, such a good point, actually. <laughs> because what if Ethereum is going to attract way more institutional funds than Bitcoin now, right? Yeah, and plus, it's now it's built right where it's proof of stake. So as more people lock up coins, the liquidity goes down, right? It, it you know, or, you know, it becomes it becomes number supply demand becomes more more scarce, arguably than than Bitcoin, as more people use Ethereum and lock it up for all those DeFi reasons and whatnot, and for the proof proof of stake, right? Proof of stake. So it's like you then start to want, all right, well, that's because Bitcoin is supposed to be something else, but what is it? It's not digital cash because it's, mm-hmm. it's not good for that. It's just for all no. the reasons we spoke about. So mm-hmm. interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good point. So the, the flippening is possible. It's really possible. I think so. I think so. Wow. But that's... And, and Monero will, will flip in in terms of people act becoming the most actually used uh, yeah yes wow that's such a good point that's awesome but then I just want it's just like a quick mention because he, he didn't really so Monero was mentioned on Lex Friedman and uh, it wasn't they didn't talk extensively about it they just mentioned Monero in some other comparison so there's nothing much to, to talk about it's just like oh, that's cool they mentioned it though yeah Monero, yeah first he was like yeah he made some comparison to this guy uh Balaji made some comparison, but did they? Oh, Balaji! He mentioned Monero. I'm surprised because he's a big Zcash shill. He's like, he's all about Zcash. I think he sell he said sell Monero by sell Zcash by Monero. No, did he really? Yeah, no. So, wait, let me hear. Sorry. Oh, we can't hear, man. Ah, no. He said sell Monero by Zcash. Ah, oh, shit. Never mind. Okay. He didn't mention Monero. What was so. the point he was making with regards to Monero, though? Talking about U.S. states by population for time, and then he talked about. I need to, sorry, I need to like replay and see. He was talking about, he was making some comparisons. So, Can you yeah, play a clip? Sure. We won't be able to hear it? Yeah, you won't be able to hear it. It's like within like those 20 seconds, literally. Okay, but it's not, it's not like a direct conversation about the technology of Monero versus Zcash. He's just saying some people are trading one for the other type thing. Yeah, and then he just goes on to talk about, uh, yeah, about states. You just okay. made it quick, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just the fact that, you know, more branding, right? People are, when, pe- when you ask people what cryptos they know, they're going to start to hear the word Monero more and more. But, lot, but, but you know, Balaji's got a lot of respect in the crypto. He's an old school, like, Silicon Valley crypto guy. That's why he's a Zcasher. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone said in the comments, uh, thanks, uh, Ramsey. He said that he was talking about, Trading, not any fundamentals of any coins. Right, so right. It's, okay. it's but it's I see, I see that he's mentioning Monero. That's interesting. That means it's on his mind, right? Mm-hmm. He was looking for examples and he said, <laughs> subconsciously he's saying Monero. Where if you were to ask him about privacy coins, he's going to say Zcash. Unless that's changing too. That'd be interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, he said Salmonero by Zcash. It's a start. <laughs> He's going to swap it one day. Okay. So then let's talk about CBDC development necessary for US to remain competitive. Obviously, in an effort to remain a competitive player in the world of digital assets, the US should look to push forward with the development of the central bank digital currency pilot, said US representative Jim Himes. And then he said, Himes stole Coindesk TV, first mover. The US should continue to work on CBDC so that if and when the time comes, we've got the option to move forward if we need to. Obviously, the future is going to be digitalized. So there's going to be some option. And he said, why would you exit the game before you even know what the game is going to look like? Huh. Well, that's going to be a shitty game, by the way. But we could do the research and we could set up a pilot program for a CBDC. And remember that? I'm just going to mention that girl one more time because it's relevant. So she said that she she doesn't see CBDC as a big threat and that who said that CBDCs are coming in the whole world. She didn't make that point. And well, look at this. CBDCs are considered to be a new and digitally native form of money and with pilot projects in countries such as Australia, Iran, Japan, and even Russia beginning to take shape. We could shut it down, said Himes, noting that the possibility that a CBDC will never be adopted in the U.S. Uh, I don't see that. I don't know. All right, more CBDC news. And even more. Last one. Um, how Norway's central bank is experimenting with its own digital currency. A cashless society may not seem so far away in the distant future. As we know, Norway's, uh, you know, they don't use as much, much, uh, cash anymore. They use more cards, same as Sweden, as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. So they're basically making the point that, uh, the current digital alternatives such as cryptocurrencies have proved volatile. NFTs have fallen out of favor since their hype. Well, NFTs were meant to be used for transactions per se, but he makes a point. Different approach to blockchain payments is gaining traction around the world. CBDCs are more stable, but unlike uh, cryptocurrencies, they are centrally controlled by governments, more specifically central banks, and are not seen as a way to invest money, right? It's just used as as um, money, just like uh, Monero. I mean, you technically invest in it, but you can use it like you should use it. And several countries have launched their own CBDCs, such as Nigeria in 2021. In the Eurozone, the digital euro is in its development phase and elsewhere in Europe. Norway is, a, is in a testing phase. And we have... Right, so just, we'll just go up for a little bit. The motivation. What, what does it say there? What was their motivation? The motivation for embarking on the study of CBDCs found in Norge's bank's mandate. In particular, our tasks to promote an efficient and secure payment system. Okay. Um, of course, a well-functioning payment system in, a, in the domestic currency is also important for monetary and financial stability, said uh, Torbjorn Hegeland, executive director of financial stability at Norway's central bank, Norge's bank. And with this background, the decline in cash use and other structural changes in the payment system are key drivers for the project. Right. So they are using a lot, uh, predominantly cards in Norway and they don't really use cash. The consequences of a CBDC are very much dependent on the design. Getting the design right is basically the main challenge of project. Norway's CBDC project has been in the works since 2016. There's no guarantee if it will actually be launched. Experimental phase of, of trial and analysis will last until June 2023. And we'll form the basis of our recommendation on how we should then go forward into an eventual next phase, 
from next summer. They talk about um, regulation in Norway. Uh, the benefit is that they are governed by central banks, meaning that that they are meant to be stable, right? Just like current currencies, <laughs> they're so stable. <laughs> Thanks, governments. CBDC as a means of payment would move around in a payment solution that would have connections to other parts of the payment system. Okay, is regulation-wise bound to the EEA agreement and must comply with the fundamental principles of that agreement and EU rules of the internal market. CBDC is not a goal in itself. The goal is to ensure an efficient, safe, and attractive payment system in Norwegian corner also in uh, the future. Sure. Mm, okay. You know, you know what the goal is. The goal yeah. is to control people and their money. That's the goal. 100%. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have open source tech that's already solved these problems. If you want, you know, an efficient payment network. Use Monero. Start using Monero. Tell your people to use Monero. If you truly believed in this, right? Like, mm-hmm. that was your goal. All right, sure, the volatility. But it's not going to be too volatile if, if, if the country of Norway is behind it, right? Volatility starts to, starts to go away. So that, that's not the goal of the states is to get you to use their CBDCs, onboard everybody, move everybody onto that so they have programmable money and they can control Control your money and control you. That's that. That is the true goal, and it's it's pretty damn obvious. Everybody in crypto. Uh, well, I wouldn't say everybody in crypto knows it because some people are just a lot of people. There's a lot of people in crypto that don't even understand crypto. Uh, everybody, I would say everybody in Monero knows this, right? Uh, anybody who's found their way to Monero is like is I don't think uh, doubts otherwise. They they understand what the true goal of CBDCs is. We just gotta, we just gotta spread that knowledge, man. We need, we need normies understanding this. That's how we win, right? It's, a, it's an information war. We need people realizing this and then just opting into these other solutions before the government forces them down this path. Mm-hmm. I agree. And remember that one girl from the bar, uh, that was super, super social and chatty. She yeah. said that. Her friends are into crypto, but she never understood it because it's just so complicated for her. We gave her some Monero, and it was easy. <laughs> she understood it pretty easily. You know, she just got cake wallet. We gave her some Monero, and we're like, all right, we can hold it. You can spend it. And she didn't ask. She asked like one or two questions, and then that was it. She she got it. Yeah. It's so also easy. Yeah, it's also super easy. Simple as that. Yeah. All right, guys. Wow, marathon, marathon. Like Tony, amazing long. man, amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so much for a short news segment. <laughs> I, tr- so I know. News. You know, people, I know. When we first started Monero talking. People are like, "Well, what are you, you're going to run out of content? What are you going to no. talk about?" When you're trying to change the world and onboard everybody onto this tech, as the world is literally kind of trending in the opposite direction. There's an endless amount of news, right? There's an endless amount of things that relate to the topic of Monero. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. All righty then. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> we, try, we always try to make it short, but it's impossible. Like it's, it's impossible. It impossible. Yeah, There's so many good things, you know, and then if you do half the news, you omit a lot of things. It's, it's hard, but no, you're doing good. You're doing it's great. the style you're of the great. show. Yep. This is Monerotopia, right? It's yeah. like it's it's a it's an endless show, it could, or it could be anywhere from forty minutes to three hours. Yeah. This, this isn't you know this isn't short form where we just like spat out some you know useless shit. 
We we chill. We talk. Yeah. It's fine. It's not like on the news. Come on, Tony, six minutes. You got to, uh, sorry, one more minute. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. Yeah, propaganda hour. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will have a viewers on stage section. Let's see if anybody wants to, to quickly jump on for another hour. <laughs> oh my God. I will be leaving and you guys can continue to chat. Alrighty. Thank you, Tony, as usual. Tony, stick around, obviously. Stick around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to talk about more a little bit. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right, let's move on. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Come on down. Still working on that. We got some votes, guys. We got some votes. Hey, Bodie. Hey, how's it going, Trey? Hey, Tony, sorry. Oh, I just kicked Tony out. No, no, I did not mean what to. I kicked his computer. No, I, I was, uh, whoops, come back on, Tony, please. Sorry. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll forget oh, come it. Come on, there you go. Because yeah, um, I, I kicked your, uh, screen. Guys, oh. I just want to look. I'm so, I'm, um, looks like we got one, two, three. Hi, Rem. Yes, yeah, so we, we got, uh, we got eight votes so far. I'm going to mute everyone for now. Two people have sent .01 Monero to the Miami address. And six people have sent to Mexico. Ooh, look at that. Sunita is not liking this right now. It's not that I don't like it. It's, not, it's uh, it has nothing. To, I love Mexico. No, it I know. It's more of that, that our momentum was yeah, going in the other direction. It's just a so little, it's like, you know, because so there's just, we, yeah, we figured like out Like we said, a lot we're using things. this as an additional, uh, tool for, for, or data point to make our decision, right? We're not. Yeah, to confuse us even more. So, <laughs> this isn't a direct democracy. Doug just folks. loves confusing us we, even more. That's <laughs> what he does. We, we will ultimately make the decision, but it's interesting to see that the people that have participated so far are leaning towards Mexico. So if you haven't voted yet, please vote. Send point oh oh one Monero. Uh, it's just six people, so you know we're not sure yet. Yeah, eight people. So that far. is true. Yep. Eight total votes. Eight total votes. Two versus right now live. We'll see off. Oh, which boy. Which what side did the double vote go for? The double vote went for Mexico. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico is awesome. Buddy, you're, you're rooting, uh, you Mexico, said you're rooting obviously. Mexico, right? Because you're, you're in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, I live in central Mexico. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see what the final decision is. But. What do you think of location in Mexico? We were thinking Guadalajara or... Mexico City. Mexico City. Yeah, Guadalajara would be a great city. About five million people here. There's not a ton of crypto people here, but but there's a nice size. Um, you'd probably definitely get um, even some of the Bitcoin maximalists that live here would probably show up for the conference. Cool, cool. Yeah, and our hope is we'd get some more of like the South American contingent. You know, people that are living down in Argentina may maybe down with flying up to Mexico versus coming up to Miami. This is a bit of a schlep from Argentina, for sure. It's like an eight-hour flight, maybe. Yeah, but not as bad as Miami, right? And then plus just yeah. the idea of having to go into the U.S. Actually, I don't know. I think they're the same no. distance-ish. No way. Well, from what? From to my what? Actually, yeah, it's a little less. Of a no. It's got to be. There are a lot of direct flights, like, right to Mexico City. There's some direct flights to Guadalajara as well. But, um, like, basically everything goes through Mexico City. 
Yeah, that's why. Yeah, maybe we would do it in Mexico City. That's another reason. Yeah. Right. So it's just a hub. Right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how people vote, guys. Cast your votes. It's also it's difficult uh, decision because we build. We have a pretty good network in Miami, and we have built a big network in the conference. Yeah. So we would have a set audience that we know for sure that is going to show up in uh, Mexico because people can say, oh yeah, I'll do it in Mexico. We're all for Mexico, and then nobody. <laughs> right. Yeah, nobody shows up. <laughs> nobody right. shows up. That's why I want to see if it's overwhelming Mexico, then I'd consider. And if people are putting their money, even though it's a dollar, right, but they're investing time and a buck to vote, then all right, then I, I would consider it, you know, more. If you know, if we got if we got a bunch of votes in one direction or the other, but like, yeah, like you said, Chicos Trujillos, Chicos vinieron. I don't know how to say the future tense, but if you build it, they will come. Chicos Trujillos van a venir. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, uh, you know, just, we can do it anywhere. That's not a thing. It's just, just come, just show up. Because if we knew for sure that people will come to Mexico and we'll have this big community, like, you know, a lot of people, I mean, that's a no brainer. But it's all, it's just, uh, that's the most scary part. Because we understand about the job and everything. Obviously, we take into consideration absolutely everything. But the biggest thing is just, we just hope people to, show up in Mexico as well. Yeah, right? exactly. We want yeah. the location that's going to lead to the maximum amount of Monero people hanging out. No. There, um, a lot of the uh, TDV and Arcapulco, like anarchists, maybe I've heard of the Greater Reset. There's a lot of people, a lot of anarchists that hang out in Central Mexico. So let me ping those groups and um, and, and see if they'd be interested. I can maybe get you some more, some more data points on whether or not um, you could expect a lot of people to show up. Yeah, definitely hit them. We're going to reach out and talk with Crypto Vigilante because they were part of Monerotopia last year. We definitely, you know, (laughs) probably going to be part this year, but they'll have some insight into whether or not they want us to come down to Mexico because that's, you know, when Anarcopoco is. That's the idea. We would do it right before Anarcopoco. So people would come, I guess, let's say it's Mexico City, and then they could move on to Acapulco. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that we can fly the coconut guy? <laughs> I think we could probably find another coconut guy that in Mexico. But yeah, we would have to go down there. We'd have to do some some leg work, right? Get the venue. I mean, we have people that could help us in Mexico City. Uh, people that we already know that are down there. But I would like to try to get vendors down there and do that all that stuff as well. That'd be cool. Gombat, what do you think, man? Hi, hi. Uh, sorry, I had to jump off for a minute. But yeah, I mean, Mexico. I would love, I would love to, to show up. I, I don't know if I can, I can afford it, but uh, I would love to. Yeah, we should reach out more to the Spanish, Latin American Monero community. There's a group of metrics, Monero and Espanol. So maybe we can comment there. Uh, but yeah. Would be, would be you, cool. you think those people would be more inclined to go to Mexico than Miami? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. But, but yeah, it would be interesting to, to try it. But yeah. Let's right, we see. We at, uh, at Monerotopia this year, like, I would say only like 10 to 20% of people were wearing like the Bitcoin wristband. So it wasn't like that was a huge draw, like it being at the same time as the Bitcoin conference. I yeah, do but it was like, yeah, but I think because it was like the first time, like I think now the second time. Right. Yeah. Thought, I understand what our you're saying. Our thought was yeah. this go around, we would really try to actively 
because people are aware that we existed. Like even if they found out now, they're like, "Oh shit, you did it during then." Like it's you know, I don't know. We got more connections now too. Like we were even gonna, we were even applying for a grant down in Miami that's run by the city. And we think we have a pretty decent shot of getting it. It's not a ton of money, but it's more so being associated with them. And then they would maybe help get the word out locally in Miami about the conference. So there's, there's advantages there, but I I do hear you. It wasn't like, it wasn't like being next to Bitcoin really was like that, that that helpful, but But this time around, I think it would be more, but maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, actually, obviously we won't know till the day of it's both right. Miami or Mexico. Like we won't know Mexico. Like people will come, right? (laughs) What I was most shocked by is I ran into people. In Miami, that saw me like wearing a Monero shirt and they were down for Bitcoin and they didn't even know Monerotopia was going on. Yeah, that was another thing. And like these were Monero people. So like that's a problem. Like everybody who's into Monero using Monero has any that would go to a Monero conference should know about Monerotopia. So I don't know what we're doing wrong in that respect. But we'll I mean, definitely it was have tough. To it was that. our first conference, right? Yeah, but people need, you know, we need to we need to get the word out better to the entire yeah, yeah. global Monero community. Like it's it just blew my mind that there was somebody. He was literally going to stay in the whole. He was staying in the same oh, hotel yeah, yeah, we were right, staying yeah. in. I remember. He's that. like, oh, where? That's amazing. There's a Monero conference. When is it? I'm like, it's tomorrow. He's like, what? He's like, where is it? I'm like, right across the street over there, where that big sign, <laughs> Monero Topia sign is. So I don't know what we're doing wrong in that respect. Any ideas you guys have on how like we can get the word out to anybody that would attend a Monero conference? Let us know. Well, the silence. <laughs> <There's a> silence. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> you know what? What I wanted to say, so it doesn't escape my mind. I think uh, Rob Robert mentioned um, that he didn't. He put his profile on. On private, so that people wouldn't know that he's into Monero, so that it doesn't interfere with his personal life. Mm-hmm. So let me show you something cool. So <laughs> the way that I would differentiate my luggage oh my is through goodness. a sticker. I didn't put a Monero one because I didn't want to get in trouble, but I put a gratuitous ah! uh, nice. sticker nice. on it. Go. Subtle, subtle. There you go. So that's my way of showing. <laughs> And he's ready to leave right now with his luggage. He's all packed up. Let me come to New York. (laughs) I don't want to be here. (laughs) Come to the freezing cold. Honey, you can visit anytime, man. Anytime. I know. I know. Thank you. (laughs) I know. Yeah, but it's 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 such a tough uh, choice. It's just about people showing up. Literally, that. We don't want to, yeah, change and put more effort into the. Mexico one if no one shows up versus the Miami one. I don't know. It's a tough decision. Tough decision. And also that, yeah, the Mexico one, and it'll be happening in like two months. Right. So yeah. yeah that's another. It takes a lot of planning. We need help. Right. You know, so much the two of us can do. It's not you know? two months. It's in February. Yeah. Three months. Okay. Well, no, November, basically we're the end December, of October right now. January. Yeah. It's only have three months. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, and then that's holidays, you know, spending, time. you know, we also have our day jobs and our personal lives. So. <laughs> it's a lot, man. It's a lot. You're too practical. <laughs> yes, I'm the logical one that makes things happen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Any anything else you guys want to bring up? 
Yeah, I just wanted to comment a bit on the Lebanon bank crisis because uh, those images really remind me of the um, Argentinian bank crisis back in 2001 mm. where banks stopped people from withdrawing their money. I, I, I didn't get to leave that because I was born two years later, but <laughs> but yeah, it it uh, really affects, it, it had very long-term effects. Nowadays, only, I believe, 30 13% of all Argentinian banks account are actually used. So like no one wants to use banks. Uh, and there is a very good reason for that. And uh, I think it's important to, to realize like, why do we get, uh, to that point? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like, oh, oh, who could have predicted that banks will collapse? I mean, no, I mean, this is a result when I, I don't know about Lebanon, but uh, in Argentina, it was, um, the, uh, the government couldn't pay their own debt, and so they took people's money to do it. I mean, <laughs> that's that's what happened when you don't, you know, you don't really own your money. You're just given permission to to use it, you know, like a license. But yeah, I mean, it's important. People say, oh, well, no one cares about privacy. No one cares about you know holding your funds. Well, banks are so convenient, so. Well, uh, that's what happens. I mean, it's important to, to realize that. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, something that uh, I, I bet it's, it's happening in Lebanon right now is that, sure, you, you see people not able uh, to withdraw their money, but I bet you that the biggest uh, clients of their banks uh, were able to because that's what happened in Argentina. The biggest, you know, the biggest holders, uh, they got like, they got notified early. So they were given time to actually withdraw their money before anyone else. So, so yeah, I mean, we banks do not, you know, do not work for us. So, yeah, you know, yeah, just just wanted to highlight. Yeah, man, you you know, you've you've seen it, you've lived it. I think people just they just don't think it could happen to them. And like I was saying, it's 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 not useful unless you're already using crypto you're already using monero it can't be like shit hits the fan and you say all right now i'm going to move into into crypto that's that's not going to help you right those people in lebanon uh, they don't they don't need monero right now they needed it you know yesterday they needed it yeah but i mean it's it's an experience and they will definitely learn oh yeah yeah i mean argentinians definitely learn from it and we (laughs) it's cash is king i mean no (laughs) everyone like no one trusts banks i mean even the people who support the, the current governments they, they don't trust banks but like it's just universal so yeah i mean at least people can learn from it yes you need to play i actually i just want to i know we had a long ass news section but just play this one other clip too i thought this this is noah smith he's Renowned. I mean, he's he's got a ton of Twitter followers. Uh, good economist. Play this clip. It's just some some bullshit. People say. That said, Bitcoin could be very important in a world of conflict because it could allow people to sort of, uh, but it could allow people to sort of, you know, transfer money across borders more easily when there's instability in their home country. So you know, we put sanctions on Russia. Russian rich people want to get their money out. They can. They don't have to carry a physical sack of gold over the border or anything. They can just transfer Bitcoin. And so, um, you know, even without the help of any bank, right, it's bankless. <laughs> and so then, um, so if you look at World War II and what happened then, there was a lot of people, you know, rich people fleeing conflict and instability with physical valuables that they could transport, which is really what gold is all about. And so Bitcoin could replace that. 
um, because the internet will still be up. Um, and people can transfer Bitcoin. Although, you know, I would, I might even bet on something like, uh, Monero, you know, is, is less traceable than Bitcoin. And so, so actually that's the, the other one I'm thinking of. It's just some, some bull. Yep. So there you go. So like Noah, you know, it's interesting. So he doesn't see, you know, crypto's value proposition being as replacing fiat. I recommend listening to that interview. It's really good. He's a really smart dude. He doesn't see it as, you know, uh, that being the killer the killer app version of, of, of crypto replacing fiat. Maybe it could, but he doesn't really practically see that happening. He sees the, the true value proposition being the fact that it's unconfiscatable and censorship resistant, which ultimately he even says it, you know, so he realizes that's the value prop. And actually Monero does that better than Bitcoin, but interesting. I mean, he's talking about all the things you're talking about, right? So these, that's when people actually need to utilize it is going to be for purposes of, for example, you know, avoiding capital controls, right? Uh, seeing those bankless guys reminded me, I don't know if it's been talked about on the show, but one of the bankless guys had like a doxed wallet and got hit by a tornado cash dusting. Someone sent him 0.1 ETH from that. <laughs> and so he has to like file something with the SEC or something, some kind of federal uh, entity every year to like say that he's not a criminal. And it's That's like, perfect. man, should he use Monero? This is not safe. It's just yeah. not, a, it's not efficient either, right? Uh, this week, I actually saw uh, some news about a couple who was uh, traveling across, I guess, state borders uh, in Argentina. Uh, they got uh, detained. They got arrested by police because they were carrying cash in their cars. They were uh, carrying around 50K, which is, I mean, <laughs> that's that's not worth that much. And yet they were, I mean, their crime, I guess, was uh, carrying cash. I mean... <laughs> What proof more do you have, do you need to know that you don't, you don't owe that? I mean, uh, yeah, they should have used Monero. Not, <laughs> I mean, not even that. It. I had to send some money internationally. It was like, I, I had to send like $140 for something, but it was like $45 wire fee because it was an international fee. Like that's some, something that definitely seems like crypto and Monero can take advantage of the international transfer fees. So. Yeah, but I mean, people say that, oh, well, crypto is about smart contracts and, you know, all those complicated use case. But really, I mean, transfer, uh, being able to transfer for funds uh, anonymously and in an unstoppable way, I mean, it's, it has so much value. I mean, uh, it's something so simple, but uh, it, people really need it. It's That's the most important thing that crypto can offer. Everything else can, like, kind of be built on a layer two, but the the pure cash aspect is something that, is needs to be prioritized in the layer one. It's the most important thing, but it's also the most abstract, and that's the issue, right? So it's people don't realize this until it's too late, right? So like I'm about to say, like people are, it's going to open eyes in Lebanon. So maybe you know now they'll start to stop, and if they come across these technologies, they'll realize the importance of it. But if you go talk to Joe Schmo, especially like in the U.S., he knows about crypto, he knows about Doge. When you start to explain to them what the true value prop is, their eyes just glaze over. It's like, well, is it going to go up in value? Because that's all I care about. Oh, but censorship resistant. Governments can't take it. They're like, what? Government's not taking my money. I think the difference is that in the West, people haven't really experienced this kind of crazy censorship and Mm -hmm. um, banking freezes like they have in places like Lebanon or um, Argentina. I have a friend in Argentina right now, and he says uh, he's actually paying his rent in Bitcoin. So... You know, these other places, you can you can see why they might feel more compelled to try and find alternatives. But in the West, you know, everyone's kind of fat, dumb, and happy at the moment. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, they think it's not going to happen, but we just saw Canada. I mean, that's that's just nuts. I mean, Canada. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the trucker incident was just like, it, it was just so clear that you're, you're like half of the use case that Bitcoins would always talk about is that, or Bitcoiners would talk about is that, you know, they can get around government censorship. But when the whole quote unquote capital insurrection happened, a lot of guys got docs that tried to donate to them. And then it happened again in Canada. And they're, they're like kind of begrudgingly admitting it right now. They're like, yeah, I, I guess that was kind of a problem. It's like, what do, you, what do you mean kind of a problem? Like people really had negative consequences in real life from using a transparent ledger. But, uh, you know, they, they said on, on that banking clip you showed, you know, he, he was talking about how, uh, you know, it's, it's about sort of the edge case use cases, the, the avoiding the censorship and all that. But to me, you know, and people, especially Bitcoiners will say stuff like, well, we're going to become the new um, digital gold. We'll be we'll be integrated into the a reserve asset on banks' balance sheets or, or in central banks. And to me, that's like, well, gold has already been a bearer asset for a hundred years, and that hasn't really stopped these fiat currencies from taking significant power. To me, like the really largest market cap and the most ability to have a positive effect in the world is to actually be exchanged for real goods and services to be a medium of exchange. Right. That that's that's the most disruptive part of this. Like 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 you said, the tech already existed there with gold and they were essentially able to co-opt it or work around it. Fiat still exists and but a world where everybody just starts using something like Monero, then that becomes truly disruptive. Oh, I said if Monero can get a functional lightning network, even like minimally functional, then I think Bitcoin is just done. Like there's just there's no advantage that it offers that Monero doesn't already do. And then, you know, you, we've already got these contracts platforms that can that can do all the crazy, fancy, um, you know, different constructions and, and all this other cool stuff, table or whatever. But, you know, if you just want to be hardcore digital cash, if Monero gets a lightning network, forget about it. Like Bitcoin just has no no reason for existence anymore. Yeah. What did you think of those points we were making earlier where comparing Bitcoin to Ethereum in terms of, Ethereum kind of eating Bitcoin's lunch as the number go up coin potentially. Yeah, I think I think the flipping will definitely happen probably in the next few years. And it'll happen before people even realize, because if you count total value locked, then if you remove all the lost Bitcoin, which is somewhere between like 20, 25 percent. Um, so if you make these adjustments, you'll start to see that Ethereum is much closer to market cap parity than, than people realize. And uh, it just does all this extra stuff that, that people really want and like. Like, for example, um, people keep talking about a stable or a, a CBDC coming for the United States. But, you know, I read the uh, the Federal Reserve Exploratory White Paper, and it was just a bunch of like, well, what if we could maybe do this? And what kind of features might we want? And, and then they were like, well, why don't you tell us? And, you know, here's a here's a comment zone. Um, so they're not really it doesn't look like they're prepared to do a CBDC in the U.S., but what they do, what it does look like is happening. Um, Fidelity and BlackRock, for example, have a big ownership stake in Circle that issues USDC. So the Federal Reserve itself isn't exactly federal. It has like a very small connection to the federal government, but it's really kind of a big consortium of bankers. So it would make a lot of sense for them to produce some kind of comp- comprehensive uh, legislation and regulatory framework for the stable coins and then, uh, and then implement some kind of um, C. CBDC that's not really a CBDC, you know, it's just private stable coins, but essentially it's kind of like, you know, corporate government, public private merger. And I think that's the direction that they're going. I think that we're going to see stable coins really blow up and, um, and all these contracts platforms like Ethereum that issue a whole bunch of stable coins, hundreds of billions of them. That's really, I think that's the big push. I think this whole, um, the last bull market was like a trial phase for, um, 
distributed or decentralized exchanges, um, NFTs, uh, Ethereum naming system, stable coins, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff too. And it, it basically, it worked, right? Cause all this stuff didn't exist in the last bull market. So it, it basically worked. Like it didn't crash and burn. So this is just the beginning. This was just round one of DeFi craziness, but they're going to expand it, um, whenever the next bull market kicks off. Body, always good points, man. Always good points. Guys, I think we yeah, are running out of steam. I'm not dying here. <laughs> Two hours and 30 minutes. Guys. Some, somebody I messaging me on the side that they found somebody that could potentially supply eggs for gratuitous. That'd be amazing. We're trying to get that. I, I've been getting eggs freshly delivered and trying to get them to accept Monero. Now I have a, uh, Amish farmer that I'm, I'm getting eggs and I'm also getting dairy products from. Uh, I just got the, my first order a few days ago and the, the dairy is actually, it's for dogs and cats. Actually, it's uh, marketed as being for dogs and cats only because it's not pasteurized. So Doug is a dog, but, uh, I, I took a risk and let me say it's the most delicious kefir and yogurt I've ever tasted. Even though it's, it's illegal to have, it's illegal contraband to be, to be eating delicious, healthy, organic, unpasteurized dairy. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're looking into, uh, you know, I'm going to try to access this guy and get him to perhaps, uh, supply some of this stuff on gratuitous would be amazing. And with that, we're going to close out because <laughs> let's do it. Doug can Guys, just talk for a Do you have anything else you want to say? No, sir. Not right now. All right, but we'll see you next week. Tony, right? gone fire. Any last words? Uh, yeah, just uh, uh, yeah, it's really important to, to work uh, you do, guys, because you're right. I mean, this, we have the tools now, but you can, you won't be able to use it when when shit hits the fan. I mean, I think Monero is uh, inevitable in the sense that uh, fiat collapse is inevitable, uh, so people will have to learn one way or another. But uh, it's important, you know, to educate people and and get you know get as much people as you can into into boat, uh, I guess, before before that happens. So uh, yeah, it's it's really important, and I, I really appreciate the yeah yeah your work. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. We appreciate your, your help. My, my message is simple. If you like Monero, you need to like, subscribe, and share. <laughs> Monerotopia, Monero Talk. If you want to find the links for what we talked, they're in the description. And yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a marathon, but yeah. And please let us know about the conference, like Mexico, Miami. We got vote. nine nine votes so far, far. So guys, vote now's your now's your chance to uh, speak your mind. Yes, and fast because we do need to put some put some money for the. Oh, we have to pay a month. Yeah, yeah, the deposit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we kind of need to know soon as well. So do that, share, like, and uh, we'll see you next time for yeah. more. <laughs> we'll All see right. you next week. All right, thank you, Body, and we'll see Body next week. Right. See you next week. All right. All right, guys. Cheers. All right. Yep. Thank you, guys, all for joining us. Ciao. We'll see you next week. Adios. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's Neratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Neratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.